This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Indeed, we are back for another edition of the opening kickoff. Mark, I'm Lee Shervanian. We're at the Mobile Convention Center, our final day down here as our Chavis Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. It's been a wild ride, and I, uh, I hope you're buckled up for another one, Shervanian. You know, Mark, I was watching the Alabama-Georgia basketball game last night, bits and pieces. They fell behind very early, like 17-2. to two. They were on the road, and they were down by as many as 16. So when the second half started, and, and I know it's easy to say this from the cheap seats, as you like to call it, but I never felt Alabama was going to lose that game. And as I saw what was going on in the second half, where Georgia got sloppy, was making terrible passes, losing the ball, and then all of a sudden Alabama held to its, I think, their worst first half scoring. I knew they were going to catch fire in the second half, which they did. So their win over Georgia last night to maintain first place did not surprise me at all. Obviously, to my way of thinking, if you're going to fall behind, do it in the first half. I've seen too many college basketball games, way too many where the hot team in the first half cools off in the second half, and that's pretty much what happened. And Alabama caught fire. Sears had, like, most of his points in the uh, second half, and Nelson came through again in the clutch. So Alabama maintains first place. Another surprise, Florida going to Rupp Arena and beating the Wildcats of Kentucky in overtime by three points. So uh, Kentucky's, what, lost back-to-back games now? to South Carolina and Florida, which really throws everything up in the air now. You still have Tennessee as one of the high-ranked teams. Auburn won going away, but that was no surprise. They were playing Vanderbilt, so, you know, that was expected. The one the one game that uh, we, we that are, caught my attention, although I didn't watch it, was Purdue's win over Northwestern in overtime. Purdue, the number two team in the nation. And Collins, the coach for Northwestern, Mark, was thrown out in overtime because he had had enough of the officiating. Now, when we talk about discrepancy, if there's a wide range of fouls called, I could understand it. And yesterday, Purdue went to the line 49 times, and Northwestern went eight times <laughs> to the foul line in a game that they lost in overtime to Purdue. Yeah, I'll, I would seriously have an issue with that. There is absolutely no way I'm not letting the officials know about that discrepancy. Uh, and, and I would have – you see, if I was one of these college coaches that that had a bench full of guy, a coaches, assistants, that'd be the – that'd be one person's job. I want to know – not only do I need to know how many fouls everybody has and all that kind of stuff, I need to know what the foul discrepancy is because that – I'm not sure I've ever heard of foul discrepancy that – of margin that wide. That's that's insane. I, I would have lost it. I would totally lost it. All right, Mobile Christian has a new football coach. As you know, Ronnie Cockrell announced his retirement from that school. He still wants to get into coaching, maybe on the college level. Uh, Charles Lawson is defensive coordinator, who was a guest with us uh, at the times we've been out there. We've talked to him on the air. But here's another story I want to get to, and it has to do with the, the, the follow-up to the uh, Tennessee story with the NIL investigation. So there's been a couple of layers here now. Uh, Attorney generals in Tennessee and Virginia 
have filed suit uh, against the NCAA. The NCAA issued a statement yesterday basically zeroing in on what they were looking at, and it has to do with the recruitment, NIL recruitment of their quarterback-to-be, uh, Nico Amaliva, if I'm saying that right, he's projected as the number one quarterback, and he was a, a high-profile quarterback. But here's what here's what's the, the part that got me, because it's true. And, I mean, I know the NCAA takes it from everybody, okay? Everybody's you know, goes after the NCAA whenever there's investigation and this and that. So now you got politicians in Tennessee and Virginia filing suit. But the NCAA in their statement says, look, we're only enforcing the rules that the member schools put into effect. So they're trying to tell you, look, you want to come after us, fine, but basically it's the schools that voted in these rules. So they're just following up on it. And and, and, and it's, it's actually true when you think about it. Now, obviously, you know, when it comes down to penalties, uh, it depends what sanctioning, what group, what uh, group is listening to it and how that goes because it changes. They have different personnel on the board to listen to the sanctions. But that's what their contention is. Look, you can come after us all you want, all you're doing. It, it's these schools. It's Tennessee. It's uh, Alabama. These are the schools that make up the rules. Yeah, well, here's my issue, though, and I think this is where the issues come in. And like I said yesterday, I'm – I'm okay with the NCAA going after Tennessee, right? That's a great headline. I, I love the content, but they're, it, I feel like they're arbitrarily going after these random schools. We knew NIL was going to be an issue before NIL started. And you know what happened as soon as, as soon as it started? It became an issue. It became everything that we said it was going to be and shouldn't be. And yet now we're just getting around to saying, oh, wait, you can't do that? That's the issue. I don't care who came up with the rules. The The idea that they've waited six months or a year or 18 months or whatever the timeline has been to actually start enforcing this stuff is laughable. And and as a, and I can understand why schools that are being investigated right now are throwing up their hands and be like, bro, why, why, why now? Why us? Like, what is it that we're doing that nobody else is doing, right? I know it doesn't necessarily make it right. It's like the guy that gets pulled over on the interstate. Well, what about the guy that, that, that passed me? Well, we caught you. So, I mean, I, I totally get both sides of it, but the idea that the NCAA is enforcing what member institutions want them to enforce is indeed accurate, but how they're enforcing it is laughable. Well, here's the other thing, too. They've So far, to my knowledge, the, the schools that have been targeted, Florida State, we already talked about that. Now they're looking at Florida and Tennessee. The one school I thought for sure and I haven't heard anything about is Miami. Because if you remember Miami, back when had this booster who was off the rails, and wasn't he the one that was basically giving everybody anything, offensive line? I, I can't remember. John Ruiz. Name. Is that who it was? Yeah, he was. My God. Yeah. I thought, I thought, <laughs> he, 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 I bet he is. That's why you got this new jacket here and everything. That's but, right. Uh, yeah. So I th wasn't he the one that supposedly was, you know, just off the charts, uh, handing out money left and right according to reports, and the in investigate the NCAA was investigating, but I never heard anything that came out of yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. And technically, I think it was Odell Beckham on the uh, on the on, it's, it's in the Superdome passing out, literally passing out money um, for LSU. But yeah, now he now that something did come out of that. They yeah. they did a little bit anyway at, at LSU. So you know, those are some of the stories making news. But of course, we have the Senior Bowl, and I was telling uh, Mark 
I was reading some of the uh, reports from the, the various sites, NFL.com, Eric uh, at home who's here, uh, also uh, Sports Illustrated and so forth. And, the, and the, one of the guys they applauded and, and lauded yesterday was the running back from New Hampshire that was on the air with his Dylan Lowby, uh praised him to the hilt, praised Jim Nagy for bringing him down here, saying this guy, uh, he's going to get drafted, uh, running back from New Hampshire, uh, pass routes, the way he runs, so forth. So I was so happy to see that. Yeah, no, we, we talk about the incredible storylines off the off the court, um, you know, off the field, and all the, the great stories. He was one of them, right? He was one of the guys, I think it was one of the more popular interviews that we did during the course of this week, at least from the reaction we got from people in the WNSP app. Uh, I felt like we could have talked to him forever. He was real easygoing, uh, had some great stories. And it, he's... Not, all these guys, it's tough not to root for all these guys after you sit down and talk to them, but he he specifically was one of the ones that were like, man, because he didn't stand, he was no no taller than you and me, right? He you, when no you wider walk, than me, yeah, though. But when like, you walk by him, you're like, um, I don't know, he's not in the senior bowl. Like he, lo- he looked like one of the interns. In the- <laughs> yeah. No offense, interns have done a great job down here getting guests for us. And Okay, so let's go to the other end of this now. The reports, I haven't seen them because by the time I get home, I, I basically tune in the American players. I've missed the National League. But so far, the reports on Penix and, and Knicks aren't all that encouraging as far as they're throwing the first two days. And sometimes it takes a while for the quarterbacks to get going. That's, you know, these two quarterbacks, some view as maybe first-rounders. And there was a, a Sports Illustrated uh, reporter uh, indicating that, you know, their play has been very inconsistent. Now, we've talked to Penix. There is a possibility that Bo Nix will join us later this morning. Yes. Yeah, so we've been told around 750 there's a good there's a chance that we will get him. So we will keep our, our fingers crossed on that one. You know, the other thing, too, Mark, uh, as we look ahead to Saturday and – Earlier in the week, the forecast was for rain, but when I looked it up yesterday, it basically said there'd be no rain on Saturday. It would all come on Sunday. Well, that's good news for the Senior Bowl. And you had said that if it rained, it was going to be late anyway. But it's good. If, if that holds true, that that would make for a very nice day. And I, and I hope, I'm really keeping my fingers crossed they do get a sellout. It'd be nice to announce that they're, they're close, got a few thousand tickets left and you know don't forget those bobbleheads yeah well jim Nagy, i know is 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 it's witchcraft it's sorcery he's a magician uh he pulled off some of the best weather that you could uh, imagine here in the port city over the last few days it should continue um yeah i don't i don't, I don't know what he's got concocting over there but i like it I, you throw a little reese's in there good stuff happens so uh very very cool uh we got some time now. I was going to wait till the other end uh, on the other side of the break, but um, most of you maybe you had, didn't see it late last night. Uh, the Auburn football family lost um, a legend, an icon. Use whatever word you want to use. Um, but um, very, very sad story last night. Terry Beasley, uh, the former Auburn receiver, uh, dead at the age of 73. It appears they're investigating it as a possible suicide. Um According to reports on AL.com, officers were dispatched to his residence uh, and found him dead uh, from what they're calling an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. So um, there are few folks uh, in any college football program that are revered and remembered, and even more so as a part of a duo 
more than than Beasley. So very a very sad day for the Auburn family. Sullivan to Beasley resonates with Auburn fans. One of the greatest passing combos in the history of Auburn. Record-setting receiver Terry Beasley, and it's a sad story when I saw it this morning for sure to talk about it to report on it you hate to see something like this happen but um life goes on what's crazy about to, to kind of put his, what he did for auburn in perspective some of his records as a receiver still stand today despite how wide open offenses have become he still has records for career receiving yards most touchdown catches consecutive games with touchdown catches and the most 100-yard games in a season and career. I mean, that's that's nuts when you think about how far or how much how evolved offenses in college football have become that that guy still holds those records. So, um, well during the uh, Pat Dyer at Auburn was better known for its running game yeah. you know, than its passing game and they you know they were wishbone for a long time and gosh every year they had two or three running backs who were just terrific and going to the NFL pass receivers were never until Tuberville took over and he had those three with that undefeated team really pass receivers were kind of unknown or irrelevant at Auburn and late Devin Aroma Shadu and Ben Obumanu and Taylor wasn't Courtney Taylor yeah was I he the other one yeah well, I, 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 I'm throwing ironically I can't remember the third one yeah, of the two that you remember the, the yeah. difficult names but lately the record there's nobody getting close to records now there have been some good receivers there I mean, there have been, but for whatever reason, they left school, uh, controversy, suspensions. Um, they had one receiver, and I'm trying to remember his name. Was it Williams who left? He was a really good receiver. Duke Williams. Okay, and he wound up going to the Canadian Football League. I've kind of lost track of what he's doing now, but he had issues at Auburn. So there's been nobody there to establish maybe two or three years of consistency and, and producing as yeah. far as wide receivers, much like Terry Beasley. And then, of course, let, let's back up to Mark. It has to do with the quarterback, too. Sure. Uh, all right, so we're going to talk a lot about uh, Beasley uh, throughout the course of our show today, but we are here at the convention center. Our Senior Bowl coverage, thanks to Chavis Furniture in Chickasaw, continues here on what is going to be our final day here at the convention center, but we'll have Senior Bowl coverage all the way through next Monday. Got a great show lined up for you. T-Bob Bear is in the house somewhere. It's a convention center, so it's a big house. Well, uh, he'll stop by and shoot the breeze with us. Paul Feinbaum scheduled for 7 o'clock. Um, Eli Goal uh, also may join us around 7.30. And then uh, old Jake Crane, and he's bringing a friend in hour number three, so you're going to want to hang around for that. we still got to get you qualified for the Francia Formal Affairs Tales giveaway and much more. Here comes your first scoreboard traffic and weather of the day. It's the opening kickoff, Mark and Lee, right here on the sports station WNSP. This is Showtime boxing analyst Steve Farhood, and you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP. Against the first place team in the SEC, Sears hits another three. 17 points for Marks. All right, 623, thanks for hanging with us. Our Chavis Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues on this Thursday edition from the Mobile Convention Center. Our presenting sponsors include Rich's Car Wash, also Greer's Marketing Cash Saver, uh, D&K Suit Discounters, and 
the transportation sponsor for the Reese's Senior Bowl, our good friends at Joe Bullard Chevrolet. You know, Mark, a, a story that came out yesterday, although it already had been announced, the NBA draft instead of one day is going to be two nights. And so it starts June 7th, first round, second round will be June 8th. And they're saying, well, the reason we're doing that is to give teams more time to make second round selections, most of whom never make the team anyway, but that's another story. And if they want to make possible trades. Um, I wonder what the drop off would be. I know with the NFL, the draft garners big numbers, especially among those who are, you know, really, really into, you know, the NFL and, and players coming out of college. But with the NBA draft, I would think at the first round would do well, but after that I'm not so sure. Yeah, I I'm I'm kinda with you there. Absolutely. But here's the other thing. They're changing locations. They're not having it at the same place at the Barclays Center. They're moving to some ESPN studio. Why? Why, why not just stay there? Yeah, you got me on that or one. Or maybe the rent was too high. You think that's what it was? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was a, it was a cost-saving measure. Uh, <laughs> one of the other things that became uh, official yesterday, although we knew it, was uh, Auburn has officially hired DJ Durkin. You guys seem to still be... Um, reacting to Freeze bringing on Dirk and, and citing the 2016-2017 seasons at Maryland. Um, he, As you guys remember, he was fired in 2018 uh, because of the death of an offensive lineman over there. Um, I don't know. I feel like there have been we, – we typically jump on a hire, the first hire after a controversy – and then after that, it kind of, kind of fades away. At least in the public perception, um, he has been anti-Auburn so fans have been nah, it's, up in arms here about uh, this. Making a point, uh, in my opinion, that's long past, and uh, you know it, it'll always be attached to him. But and you know there there are a lot of stuff that went on when he was a head coach. But sometimes uh, uh, coaches are better coordinators than they are head coach. You can't overlook the fact when he was at Michigan as a defensive coordinator, turned out a lot of good defensive players. Uh, he was at Ole Miss for a couple of years. He was at Texas A&M. So it seems to me there's been a wide gap there before what you were talking about. And, and, of course, that will always stay with him. But I don't think it's a very controversial hire. I mean, there are others out there that if you brought in would be a lot more controversial, like the former Baylor coach if you hired him or, you know, something along those lines. But uh, Durkin, and I don't even remember when Michigan brought him in, if that was, you know, controversial up there. But I, I don't remember anything at A&M. Oh, and there's been other play. His resume is quite long. And from what I've heard, he's a really good defensive coordinator. And, and hopefully, and I, I say hopefully, he probably has changed his ways. I understand when he was a head coach, Mark, he was he was tough to deal with. Well, so that, it got me thinking, like, what are, like so, for instance, like, Hugh Freeze, no matter where he goes, he's, you know, if, he, if for some reason it doesn't work out at Auburn, he's someplace in five or ten years, he'll always be remembered for what happened at Ole Miss, right? So sure. who are some of the guys that will have that, that stigma Baggage. with them wherever they go, right? So Petrino is, is a guy that's always, you know, there's always going to be that neck brace, a uh, picture of him following him in the whole motorcycle deal. Who are some of those guys that will never lose that stigma, regardless of how successful they are. Those, are the, see, to me, those are the two guys that come to mind. Um, well, I mean, Mike Price. There's a guy like well, that. That story of going to Pensacola will always, forever, be attached to him. The the Baylor coach, uh, the former Baylor coach, if he ever gets hired again, and I don't 
I don't see if that that's going to happen because everywhere or anywhere you hear that he might be being included as as a possibility, there's always resentment. There's always pushback. Right. And now his son. Art Bryles. Yeah, Bryles. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember that Bryles. I I think that that's going to follow him forever, and I think he can't he can't get back into college coaching. I. His um, his son is is coaching now, and right. I forgot where he is now because they move around so quickly. Um, I mean, like a question for our appers too to come up with other names, other coaches who do have a, a stigma hanging over them. So Art Bryles would be um, certainly up there, but he he can't get back now because of uh, the, the pushback. Coach O, but not to the same degree, right? No. There was never any trouble or no. or legal issues, but. There's just that whole I don't know that that uh, that personality. Yeah, I think I think he would be okay as an assistant coach. Oh, for I sure. never considered him a a great head coach, but definitely as a, an assistant coach for sure. And and how about like you know we can go back in history, although it's not following him now, but because he's been so many places and because he came through Saban's you know healing process. But Sarkeesian, remember what, the difficulties with the uh, the rehab, the alcohol rehab, sure. and things like that. But you don't hear anything about that anymore because there's a long time has passed and he's had success now. So I guess the point or the question is at what point do you do you put that as a fan in the rearview mirror and, and how long do you continue to carry it uh, with him as part of the conversation? It's something we'll uh, continue to, uh, to talk about throughout the course of our show. It's our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage right here from the convention center. Mark and Lee, our next guest walking up, he's fired up. It's T. Bob Bear. Stay with us. Looks half asleep to me. No, that's just he's just that's he's playing. Demeanor. He's lulling you to sleep, and he's going to hit you with a big one. <laughs> Stay with us. Plenty left. And Denver, and that stretch maybe um, really, really, really played effectively offensively. All right, it's 6:32. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues from the Mobile Convention Center. Appreciate you guys making us part of your morning. It's our Chavis Furniture Senior Bowl coverage, and we are brought to you in part by a number of folks that make this week possible. Hey, thanks to Brad over at Pat's Industrial and Auto Supply. Uh, Roy Hudson over Community Bank, always a huge supporter of WNSP. B&B Appliance, thanks for all that you do. Ronnie Lee's Automotive, thanks for coming aboard. And, of course, the fine folks at Gulf Coast Mortgage Solutions. We start off Thursday with one of the more popular guests we've ever included in our opening broadcast. That's T-Bob Bear. A uh, longtime broadcaster with uh, his station down there in Baton Rouge. Oh, but let's not forget, uh, big-time center for LSU. Never made a bad snap in his life, right? True. Uh, I, actually, I actually don't I, I don't believe um, – no, I never had a fumbled snap. Well, I had one, but it didn't count because Tennessee had too many people on the field. <laughs> and then so we got to redo the play. But, but, it, wasn't, but it wasn't a bad snap. No. It went, it, it, Jordan just wasn't looking at it. Uh, Mark Lee, what's up, guys? Well, what's you going tell on, us, what, what have you seen in practice in two days so far? Um, Who, who's impressed you? Who hasn't? Uh, let me think. I, I, I mean, there's there's been flashes. Um, certainly, Lay Tulatu's been a guy that has stood out, which I don't think there's any surprise there. I mean, I'm kind of, if anything, I'm a little surprised that he's playing in the game, right? This is a guy who's already going to be considered a top 20 pick, and really the only thing that's going to potentially limit him is his uh, 
medicals. Uh, because, I mean, I, I, I got that full story this week. I didn't realize it. But I guess he was actually told to retire from football uh, because of a neck injury. He said he couldn't play anymore. I think he was at Washington, and he had medically retired. He loved rugby. He was getting ready to play major league rugby, and he got a second opinion. He got approved uh, to play football again, and then he goes on to UCLA and goes on to become the Lombardi Award winner. So um, he has lived up to that billing, certainly. Uh, I I think LSU center Charles Turner's had a pretty nice week, and and that's someone who really – came out of nowhere in terms of like he wasn't even starting against Florida State two seasons ago not this season right he was cemented now but he wasn't even starting then it didn't go well game one they shake things up and he just never relinquished and then this year he was like SEC player of the week one week he was outland player of the week another week and he's been really really solid uh and then Tamandre Sweat is so big yeah <laughs> i mean and, he, and he's and he, and he can move and he's using it well and he, but that, that is just like i actually i was i was i was at practice and and i threw an apple in the air by him and it it started to rotate around him it got caught in his orbit and it just floated i was like okay there you go dude that's science why is Jaden daniels why did he not uh compete this week and, and i back up because one of your colleagues down there matt muscona came on weeks ago and said that Daniels was going to play in the Senior Bowl. He was bypassing the bowl game. And then the narrative was that, you know, Jim Nagy was working and hoping to get him in here, which would have been, wow, the, the three Heisman Trophy people up in New York. Do you have any idea why he decided not to? Or Well, I mean, I was, I was talking to someone about this last night. I think it depends on how accurate uh, the draft projections are. Uh, because, I mean, if you look at Mel Kuyper's uh, mock, and I'm not I'm not a big mock draft guy, but I do know in uh, one of the recent ones, I think he had Daniels going two overall. So, I'm, I'm you know, the Daniels camp is hearing, like, top five, second quarterback taken. Um, I know it's impossible for me to separate bias, but I could lay out objective reasons why I think that probably – is or, or I would see that being an accurate tape. I mean, when you're talking about Gene Daniels, you're talking about someone who had such clear and distinct areas in which he needed to improve from last year to this year, and he didn't just you know he didn't just check the boxes. He blew him out of the water, and he put the the best running and throwing season from a quarterback that I've ever seen in my life. And it comes at a time we're watching Lamar Jackson win MVP in the NFL. And and what I love is when you talk about that improvement or when you, you see that from year to year, what does that speak to? It speaks to intangibles because it speaks to work ethic. Like, it doesn't happen by accident. You don't, you don't, you don't make that leap just because you're a year older. Uh, and so I would invest in Jaden Amos on the NFL team. And so I guess my overall point is, like, if he really is going top five or second quarterback, I don't think there's anything that he could do here to jump Caleb Williams. Whereas for Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Sam Hartman, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Pratt, um, who's the last one that I'm missing? It doesn't matter. But uh, Joe Milton. Thank you, Joe Milton. Sorry, um, all of those guys with a good showing could significantly help themselves. Like the the risk versus reward math on Daniels is there's way more risk than potential reward, which is a bummer because yes, I would have loved, and he was excited to play in this game. But you know that's just how these how these things go. All right, he's T-Bob Bear in person. We get him once a year in person yeah. here at the Reese's yeah. Senior Bowl. Uh, so, uh, big story here in this state, 
the retirement of Nick Saban. Yeah. The folks in Auburn were rolling Toomer's corner. What were the folks uh, in that Baton was a little, Rouge? That was a little cringy, dude. That was a little, little. That was major little brother energy out of Auburn. Um, so what was the reaction? Uh, you and your yes. in Moscone and you guys. What, you know, there was this big exodus, quote unquote exodus, out of the, in the portal, man. What? What were you guys? Not that you all need a reason to celebrate. No, no, Louisiana. no. So, so, uh, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so not, especially not this time of year. Yeah. Uh, no, I. I wasn't quite because because Matt was maybe a little more in that Auburn vein. I remember I was I was I was jogging around my neighborhood, and um, I do a podcast called Snaps, and my phone starts blowing. And my producer's like, "Bro, you know Nick Saban just retired," <laughs> and I remember him letting out like a booming peal of laughter. Yeah, but um, then after that, it was. It was odd. It was a bit like, you know, Rome has fallen, but now who's in charge? It's like you, you know, you, you, you sit there and you complain for years and years about, you know, I got to pay taxes to these guys. I hate these guys, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh, wait, but this is all I know. Like I had kind of gotten, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I look for 15 years or really my entire adult life, college football had been defined by Nick Saban. So it became a very, um, reflective moment almost immediately and then it it became respect like i could finally you know really lean into respecting the legacy that he left what he did for the sport just how managing to outmaneuver everyone in a sport where everybody's constantly trying to climb over each other to the top and really from the lsu perspective respecting the um what he did for LSU, because yeah. I mean, he kickstarted the the golden age. He awoke the slumbering beast. Uh, LSU was very inconsistent, no natties, you know, except for the one in the fifties pre Saban, and then now the last three coaches have won national championships. And like the blueprint is very clear as to how to do it there, and it is the Saban blueprint. So, I I found myself really um just kind of thinking about legacy and everything that he did now that said <laughs> some of that you know that petty ha ha like ralphie uh, energy um i do have all of that for the alabama fans my uh <laughs> so all my a lot of my high school best friends all went to bama right so yeah. we're in a group text and when i tell you i have enjoyed drinking their tears and my favorite part where after some of the initial uh, transfers, where all of a sudden what, they're all like, "This sport is broken. Yeah. Something's got to be fixed." Yeah, I can't believe this is here. So, but but what's crazy? Here's the deal, though. Dude. Alabama just hired a staff that if any other college in the country got that staff, they would be over the moon. Yeah. Ecstatic. A true all-star A-plus. The analytics support it and just your eyeballs support it. Um, that staff is going to have its most talented team that it's ever had, even post-departures. And, yes, while the numbers did get a little high in terms of departures, did it get up to 27? Yes. It's still not that – it's really still not an outlier. I mean, you know, it's on the farther end of the spectrum, but you go look at portals and, like, a lot of schools have 20-plus departures. Now, maybe not of the quality of, like, a Caleb Downs or, or a Caden Proctor, but here's here's the tough part. Like, the death of Alabama has been greatly exaggerated, but it all – what do we all know in this business? 
everything is determined by where the results land in relation to expectation. And that's just what I'm going to be fascinated to see. How level-headed are Bama fans going to be if it's like a 10-2 and two year? Right or uh, or God forbid a nine and three, but I, I mean I don't need you watch your tongue, Mister. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I have to no. I mean I still have Alabama pegged as at least ten and two. I mean all Kalen DeBoer does is win anywhere he goes, and who knows? Maybe it'll just be like the the same old story, just with a different face next year. We had another story today. Uh, we mentioned about Auburn hiring DJ Durkin as their defensive coordinator. And yeah, Mark brought up the fact of issues back at Maryland as a head coach. And we, we raised the question, um, has t- enough time passed where you kind of – it doesn't become a controversial hire? And are there coaches – can you think of any coaches out there that have this stigma over their head if they're hired because of things – Art Bryles comes to mind immediately. Yeah, you, can, you still can't hire Bryles. Yeah, you can't hire Bryles. But are there mm-hmm. coaches that, you know, move around the planet – like so, like when Petrino, every time he gets hired, the the yeah. memes just recirculate, yes. right? Even with freeze yes. at Auburn, you yes. still get the whole cell phone. Yes. Thing. Yeah, so without a doubt, there are guys out there. We were just trying to, like, we're trying to pinpoint. It's it, you know, it's weird. Some guys are kind of Teflon because I mean, Kelly's obviously had some. Um, you know, it's very tragic, but what happened to the kid in the um, in, oh, in, in the, in the uh, scissor lift when it yeah. fell over when he was windy? What's going to be up the there? Video. Mother, you don't really hear about that. No. Um, you mentioned DJ Durkin. You do hear about that. So that is – so this – if we really want to get – this is something larger that I feel like is a commentary on uh, what, what people want to say, cancel culture. And I hate when people complain about cancel culture because all it is is democracy, right? Something will happen, and we will decide as a society if enough of us are mad enough for something to happen. And, and so there's no so people go to people people want firm set rules and they want like justice and like well this guy did that and he got away with it but this guy did it well get that's democracy it just is what it is so get over it. so in that same way that's like how these coaches kind of by the you way know, you sound like Tennessee fans today on the <laughs> <laughs> well I mean dude I look to be clear I am firmly sided with Tennessee against the NCAA. I think the NCAA is tripping right now, dude. I think, I think, I think, I think they, and I think they done bit off more than they can chew. They want to go after Florida. That's fine. Florida will be like, here, look at our books. We don't want to pay this buyout. Um, like, we'll give you whatever you need. Tennessee's finally happy after 15 years of wandering the desert, and they're not going to go down without a fight. And I don't think. The NCAA the teeth. The, the law is well, not on the NCAA side. My problem is the NIL is exactly what we said it was going to be before it started. Yeah. And it might it might actually be worse. It, everybody knew it, but they said, you know what, just go do whatever it is you're going to do because yeah. we don't know how to handle it. And now that we're already in it, now it's like, okay, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, that's not what you said no, to start. No, retroactively so. like, changing the rules. Right. It's, it's insanity. Right. And my whole problem, and I love when, you know, down here in this state, when Tennessee's in the headlines with the NCAA, that's, that's great yes, content. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. even I'm like, come on. I mean, that's just. Well, it's just like. Who did who did they punish? Selective the other day? persecution. Yeah, who did? They, well, that's what I said. It's like it, it's like the analogy that's in my head is like you know everybody's hanging out. We're kind of at like a little bit of a mixer. Everybody's like having drinks, just talking, <laughs> having a good time, and then somebody just walks up and like kicks one guy in the nuts, <laughs> and then looks around like say something. <laughs> what? Like whoa, bro, get out of yeah. here. 
college football's awesome right now. Yeah. It's democratized. We have more good teams than we've ever had. We're moving into the 12-team playoff. we got the Uber conferences coming. Like, you are irrelevant. And, again, I cannot stress this enough. The law is not on the NCAA side. Right. Ever since that Justice Kavanaugh letter in which he pilloried them, talking about them being just – this would be flat out illegal in any other um, sector of American business or culture. Like it's, they, 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 and so that's what I'm getting at is that this Tennessee thing could be like the domino meme where it's like one little domino into the big ones where like, who knows if this eventually results in kind of you know, because every you, you talk to people and you hear the whispers and rumbles of major change coming down the pipeline, just don't know the timeline on it. Um, but it does feel like it's inevitable that football has to break off. Um, there probably ends up being some sort of unionization. Players get part of the TV revenue. They get CBAs. And then for the coaches and these schools, there become a more accepted rule set between the two sides to where it's not just done, uh, you know, on, on each state's legislature's uh, basis. Well, the players have to pay taxes then? Um, if they're members of, of the employee, if they're employed, well, they pay taxes right now. Well, that's that's one of the things that players are going to be real careful with right now is they don't withhold from these NIL payments, and so I hope that every school is doing you know good financial literacy on these guys and making sure that they're understanding that they got to withhold you know whatever forty thirty whatever it is percent of that uh, of the, of that paycheck. But no, I mean, look, there will be there will be benefits in some ways to the players, but also with a little bit of less Wild West natures, they, they might lose some of the the latitude and the money that they have. But 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 I think in the end, both sides will have to uh, kind of compromise to reach one another. Man, it's great to see you. We can't thank you enough for stopping by. We know you got you got a little work to do here, Hell so yeah, we're going to let you go. But uh, we always appreciate you coming aboard with us, and it's Absolutely. great to see you as always. I will say this, too. The last thing is that I love Roman history, and Nick Saban to me is, you know, he's always been like the emperor in my mind. And that's what I forgot to mention, too. I can't get over the economic impact that that man had, not just on the school, which we all know the out-of-state tuition stuff, but on the city of Tuscaloosa. And I love how if you look at pictures from 2007 to now, he literally brought the fruits of conquest back home, <laughs> and they build shrines, and they build yeah. temples, and they build statues. It's and now awesome. we're laying oatmeal pies at the feet yeah. of the statue. It's, 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 it's so awesome. good, dude. Since, since you brought up Roman history, yes. we had this uh, brought up a couple days ago when I question why do we have the super bowl with roman numerals do they use roman numerals in rome still that's actually a great question lee i have I've never considered that i have no idea does anybody i have no i don't see roman numerals <laughs> using any actually i'm the third there you go my son's iv he's the fourth <laughs> oh, nice. hey, hey, right, have a good buddy. show man we appreciate it y'all have a great day buddy. all right that's uh t bob Abear. always appreciate him coming aboard uh never uh short of uh any Opinions for sure. We love having him. All right. Our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues here on WNSP from the Convention Center on this Thursday edition. We're going to wrap up hour number one next. Paul Feinbaum scheduled to join us at 7. We're hoping to catch up with Eli Golan hour number two as well. So stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hey, this is David Morris of QB Country. When I'm in my car, I always have it tuned in to 105.5 WNSP, the sports station. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. 
Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A and wrapping up our number one already here on our Thursday edition. The Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues here on the opening kickoff from the Mobile Convention Center. Question today. The Baltimore Ravens have won 66 games over the past six years, which is tied for the second most in NFL history for a team that has not made the Super Bowl during that six-season span. Name the team that won 67 games between 04 and 09 without making the Super Bowl. If you know the answer, Michael Bronner is the man to call at 694-1055. All right. I want to thank some folks uh, for making our Senior Bowl coverage uh, possible throughout the course of the week and into uh, the weekend and Monday. Uh, Our good friends over at Dixie Supply have been huge supporters of WNSP over the years, so thank you for everything you guys have done. Speaking of the huge supporters of WNSP, McDonald's, Barnes family, thanks for coming aboard this week. Uh, Mobile Mitsubishi has been huge for our station here recently, uh, big supporters, and we're huge fans of those guys. Uh, And, of course, Insurance Office of America, thank you guys for everything that you guys have done in 8th Alabama. You guys have been great, so thank you all for everything. And, of course, if you need... uh, uh, to jump in, you can do so now at 694-1055 and hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. A couple of golf stories, which I know John Ricchetti will really hit us up on tomorrow. Nick Dunlap makes his debut today, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And another story that's making the rounds with all the talk back in November about the PGA teaming up with Liv. Well, there's been kind of a, uh, a changeover, and I don't, I don't know the ramifications. I'm not going to go too deep into it because I don't think anything has really come out. But the PGA is now partnering with another group called PGA Tour Enterprises, and it's going to give them $3 billion with a, like $1.5 billion. And, of course, the merger, the so-called merger, which has really never been done yet with Liv, was supposed to, well, stop all the lawsuits and, and bring more money into the PGA. Now they've... Uh, partnered up with this uh, group, bunch of investors, uh, sports owner investors, and that's a bunch of money coming in, and I don't know how this is going to affect any proposed merger with the Live Golf or PGA. So, And also I heard on the air today that the Live uh, Tour, they're actually going to be in Vegas during the Super Bowl week. <laughs> that's that shocking. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Elvis got the answer to your question. Nice job, Elvis. Really? Chargers. Chargers were the team. 67 wins over that uh, span. Never made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, you, okay, so here's what we got going on. A little, as always, a little influx here, a little live on-air production, but we are scheduled to be joined by Paul Feinbaum at the top of the hour. We'll get his thoughts on this whole Tennessee thing. Uh, we spent a lot of time in hour number one, or not a lot, but a, a significant amount of time talking about Terry Beasley, the Auburn uh, former Auburn receiver found dead yesterday. Just a terrible, terrible story. Um, for the uh, Auburn family and what he was able to do in his career at Auburn. Some of those records still stand today, which just completely and total, totally baffles me when you talk about the significance of those records uh, as, as the college game has evolved offensively over the years and still those, those records stand. But uh, it, it appears it's being investigated as a suicide and a parent self-inflicted gunshot wound. So uh, our thoughts and prayers to the family. And, of course, um, I know the Auburn family mourns today. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll talk to Paul about some of that. Uh, we're also going to try to catch up with Eli Gold. We talked some Alabama basketball, got a big win. Auburn uh, uh, snapped their uh, their skid there. Uh, we didn't talk about Pringle uh, for Alabama. Uh, kind of in the doghouse again. Uh, and at what point does he want to 
stand up and take accountability. And it's not like he was playing or logging a whole lot of minutes anyway, but uh, certainly a distraction for Nate Oates moving forward. It's a distraction. I don't know how important he is to the team. There's been a couple of games that he's had, but when you look at you know some of the success Alabama's had, it's it's not exactly he's. It's really all about Mark Sears and some of the supporting cast. Uh, so they did well without him yesterday on the road against Georgia, and that's a very, very big win. Any Look, you expect to win your games at home. You hope you can win some games on the road. And when you fall behind by 16 in the first half and then you rally and come away with a win, and I don't care how good or bad the team is you're playing, I think that speaks volumes. So they maintain their lead in the SEC with a 7-1 and record now. So something we need to get into. Oates said it's nothing bad that he did off the court talking about Pringle. It's like that just in practice and games we'll we'll see where he goes but what could he have done in practice and games that warranted a suspension that didn't happen off the court inquiring minds want to know hour number one of the books here comes hour number two of our chavis furniture senior bowl coverage from the convention center stay with us right here on the sports station wnsp and wnsp.com This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Hey, it's 7.04. Welcome in our number two of our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues from the convention center. Mark and Lee, it's the opening kickoff. All right, some of our headlines before we get to our next guest, the uh, Seattle football team hiring Ravens coordinator Mike McDonald becomes the youngest uh, head football coach at the age of 36, leaving only Washington looking for a head coach now. Uh, one of the all-time great receivers at Auburn, Terry Beasley, passed away at the age of 30. I'm sorry, 73. Alabama wins on the uh, basketball courts at Georgia, and Auburn with a big win over Vanderbilt. Uh, okay, so there's some folks that we need to uh, there's some folks that we need to thank quickly for uh, making this and every day this week possible. Uh, of course, our, the fine folks at LNS Air. Uh, the Orthopedic Group, thank you guys for coming aboard. Ward International, uh, Hal Hayes with Ultra Wash of Mobile, and the AFS Foundation. Um, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we are joined by a special uh, senior bowler right now. You wanted Will Reichert? You got him. There we go. The all-time leading scorer in the NCAA. Good morning. Hi. Thank you, Will, for getting up. I know it's you guys. So when everybody's been practicing, you're just off on the side kicking field goals and extra points at Hancock-Whitney Stadium? Yeah, pretty for the most part. So tell me what it was like to get the record, to break the record. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, honestly, during the season and stuff, um, when it happened, I, uh, I didn't really think too much about it just because the season was still going on and I was focused on still playing well. Um, but now that the season's over and I can kind of look back at it, um, it is pretty cool to kind of look back at. Do you have like a memento of it, the, the kicking tee, the football, or anything to remind <laughs> you? And, and when we walk into your, if some, not me, but walk into your house and you see, hey, the NCAA all-time leading. Star. Yeah, I have a the, the football that, um, that broke the record uh, in my house, like kind of cased already. 
Uh, well, I got to ask, man, to me, to some degree, you're like the poster boy for what college football is all about, man. You decided to come back in a time where a lot of guys would have just said, I'm gone. What what was it like this last season competing uh, and being a part of what was obviously uh, a very memorable season uh, in a very illustrious career? Yeah, it was a lot of fun coming back. Um, you know, I just felt like there were some areas that I could improve on. And um, it was a lot of fun with, with the guys that we had this year. You know, a lot of people kind of doubted us and wrote us off and you know, thought we were going to be pretty me- mediocre and we kind of turned things around. So what were some – to a guy like me, you go out there, they go through the uprights, I, I, I ain't got a problem, right? What is it, What are some of the things that you felt like you needed to work on, though, and did you – do you feel like you were successful in getting that completed? Um, I felt like my kickoffs could be um, further and higher from the year before. Yeah. Um, that was something that I felt like I needed to work on, and I hit some of the biggest kickoffs this year um, out of my whole career. So I was really pleased with that. Where were you, and what was your reaction when you heard that Coach Saban had retired? Um, I was at my house um, in Tuscaloosa just hanging out, and I got a text from one of our, a couple of our players um, when they had their meeting. Um, with him and just letting me know that he had retired. And did you have any inclination at all during the season, anything, any vibes that he was even contemplating retiring? No, not at all. Not at all. So how does he, you know, we, we hear about he's out on the practice field with the players, he says stuff, he raises his voice here and there, but does he ever work with the kickers? Does he ever have anything to say to you guys? I mean, he'll talk to us. And it's not like he ignores us or anything, but uh, he doesn't really try to coach us up on anything. Does he have any tips on kicking? Uh, he he tries to relate it a lot to golf. Um, so oh, that may not be a good thing with him. Yeah, he'll try to uh, he'll make comments about like if if it's if it's pretty windy out about you know where to aim because that's what happens in golf and stuff. But when you how much of that is how much of what you do is physical and how much of that is so much psychological and 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 just muscle memory and that whole thing for you when you go to kick up yeah kicking's probably like 80 percent mental and like 20 percent uh physical yeah all right we talk about replacing nick saban how tough that is how about replacing the uh nation's all-time leading scorer who's going to replace you um i mean i don't know they they got some talented guys in the room um you know there's going to be somebody that steps up and um, i'm excited to see it can you wrap your head around that stat man that you're like the all-time leading scorer in college football that's crazy yeah, it is kind of crazy, but it's still, you know, it doesn't feel real, to be honest. So. Yeah. Do you know who you replaced? Um, I think some some running back or something. Or quarterback, quarterback from, Navy. Yeah, Navy or something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, unbelievable career, man. Thank you so much for stopping by. We know you got to run, but best of luck this week and in, in, in your pro career, man. It's been a lot of fun watching in Tuscaloosa all these years. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, so let's do this. Uh, we ran a little uh, – we, we did a little on-air maneuver in there. Um we were supposed to get Paul. Let's see if we can try to get him back. A um, little on-air production. They literally talk talk about an audible. They just, like, dropped well, we it right in front no of us. We had no indication at all. We were ready to talk to Paul. He was going to be our next guest. Uh, Michael, if you can, if you could just get him back for us and, and explain. He just came out of nowhere. <laughs> he just showed up out of the clear. I, I never saw this coming, and we had no no indication previously. And I know, Mark, you had talked about earlier in the week. I asked you, I said, is there anybody in particular on this list you'd like to talk to? You mentioned Will Riker. Yeah, I just thought it was a good, I mean, again, I asked him really the one question, like, what is it like, what's it like to be the all-time leading scorer in college football history? It's such a, it's, it's, it's just a crazy, crazy 
uh, stat or record to have to, to think about. But it goes to his consistency uh, over the career, his willingness to come back to improve. And uh, speaking of consistency, Mr. Feinbaum, I'll say this, Paul is flexible. Uh, and, of course, he has to do the same thing, too, with all the uh, uh, broadcasting venues he has to be on. Paul, I, first of all, I want to apologize. We had no indication, and we're at Senior Bowl headquarters, we had no indication that Will Reichert was going to be joining us because we were told that his name was not on the list. But thank you for bearing with us, and no, no, good morning. No, no, no. Uh, wait, wait, listen. When I woke up this morning, my, I had one goal in mind. I wanted to know what Will, Will Reichert had to think about <laughs> breaking that record. Do you know now? Is, is that is that going to be the top? Michael Michael cut me off before I could hear the interview, so I'll go on. I'll go on. All right. So later. that'll be the topic of your four-hour show today, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, to be fair, it was either talk Will Reichert or, or your ability to, to 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 kill or save marriages on your show based on uh, reporters coming on talking Tennessee, Paul. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been quite a week with uh, Tennessee, and, and then and then yesterday, uh, even to <laughs> get on top of that, so we had a lady named Peggy, yeah, from, from East Tennessee, who looks like she's on first name uh, basis with Marlboro, and uh, she uh, she blamed Lane Kiffin for oh, yeah. the Tennessee investigation. And what did Lane Kiffin do? Uh, he 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 subtweeted uh, somebody uh, with the, with the video, and uh, so Lane's in the act now. Yeah, I, I. By the way, I almost pulled the trigger on that one last night. I, at the last minute, decided not to. But we'll talk about that maybe later. Paul, where does this investigation go, in your opinion? Uh, they've already been at Florida State, sanctions there. They're looking at Florida. They're looking at Tennessee. How do you How do you feel about this at your former school? Well, I think it's a uh, it's an it's a it's an unprecedented response to the NCAA. But I think it shows you where we are that that nobody's afraid of the NCAA anymore. I mean, the very same school, late three years ago, rolled over, uh, fired Jeremy Pruitt and, and the, the entire coaching staff, literally blew up the program. Players uh, left in the middle of the night, and, and now they're saying, you know what, we don't care about the NCAA, and I think I think they're getting a lot of popular support. It, that may not be the, the winning card here. I think the one thing that many of our guests pointed out, you haven't heard anybody else. I mean, other than the uh, Attorney General of Tennessee and Virginia, you haven't heard too many college leaders stand up because I think they're all a little bit hesitant, uh, knowing that coaches, including Nick Saban, uh, remember him? Uh, he's now retired, living in Florida. He, uh, everybody is saying, we got to do something about this. We got this is the wild, wild west. So we, we need to rein this in. And when the NCAA starts moving in, schools, pres, school presidents start screaming. So, college, college athletics is at a crossroads at the moment. You, you hit on my point because. The NCAA says, look, we're only trying to enforce the rules, but are there rules about NIL? That, that's the whole key, enforce what rules. As you mentioned, Wild Wild West, are there any actually written out that you can't do this, you can't well, do I mean, that? I mean, there, there are specific rules that supersede whatever. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a litig it could be litigated, but, yeah, I mean, the NCAA feels like they, they still uh, are the enforcement body and whether a state law uh, enacts uh, an NIL bill. Uh, that they have the last uh, word. Now, by the way, I have no idea. I mean, this this will be tested in court, and I think that's why uh, Tennessee did this, because the NCAA cannot afford a, a loss in court uh, because it would essentially end, end their, 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 their stranglehold over college athletics. But also with Tennessee having just come off uh, all the sanctions from the Pruitt era, how costly could this be if the NCAA finds substantial, uh, let's say, issues on top of what Tennessee is facing right now. I mean, this is like double jeopardy, it seems like. 
Yeah, I mean, go back 20 years. Uh, Alabama was a member of the Committee on Infraction chairman during the Albert Means case, said that Alabama was, was staring down the barrel of a gun. What he meant by that is because they were in the NCAA window, they could be given the death penalty now before anybody jumps out of their chair. That's not going to happen here. Uh, I mean, they didn't even get a bowl ban for the Jeremy Pruitt case, which they which which the school rolled over on. So don't forget that. Uh, I mean, they're a little more they're they're in a danger zone here, which is why they're trying to they're going scorched earth. And ultimately, I mean, I think the biggest fear is that they could rule uh, this quarterback ineligible, which would be devastating. But I don't think that's going to happen because if that if they tried that. Then, the, then they would be taken to court, it would be litigated, and by the time there was a resolution, uh, the guy would be long gone. He's Paul Feinbaum. He joins us here on WNSP during our Travis Furniture Senior Bowl coverage from the convention center. Uh, man, uh, Terry Beasley last night, just a heartbreaking story. I don't know how much you had a chance to read it. Uh, it happened late last night, uh, dead of a, an apparent self-inflicted uh, gunshot wound. Uh, unbelievable that his a lot of his records still stand to this day, but uh, the Auburn family took uh, took a tough one last night, man. Uh, I, I totally agree, and, and when I when I heard that uh, a couple of hours ago, I, I was devastated. Uh, and listen, I didn't cover Terry Beasley, but I did know him very well. Uh, literally, uh, among the very first stories I did in Alabama, Mark was going down and spending the day with him in Montgomery at the time. He had been named to the, uh, it, was, it was in 1980, my first year, we were doing an all-decade team. And, and I, I, I learned as much as I could as a young reporter. And, I mean, this, it, words do not describe his importance to Auburn. I, I mean, I think if you, if you look at a Mount Rushmore of, of Auburn football players, he is on there. And I know that sounds like, wow, uh, you, you got Cam Newton and Bo Jackson and, and Pat Sullivan, but but he would be next. Uh, I mean, he was that important. Without him, Auburn would not have had that amazing success during Shug Jordan's time. And, and Pat, Pat Sullivan was a very close friend of mine, and he told me many, many times uh, that he would not have won the Heisman in 1971 without, without Terry Beasley. He had other good receivers, by the way. That was a very talented team. But Terry, it was, the, at the time, the most famous duo in college, in college football. It was it – was, Sullivan to Beasley, everyone, uh, whether you, you were an Alabama fan or a Missouri fan or, or a Kentucky fan or a Florida fan, you knew, you knew that one. Uh, it was golden. It, he's part of college football history. And if he had just passed away uh, at 73, I think we would all be uh, devastated this morning. But considering uh, his life really was difficult because of concussions and Obviously, uh, much more serious uh, issues than, than even that, which were caused by that. It, it makes us e even sadder and, and extremely difficult to talk about. But I, I'm not. I'm not giving you cliches. You always hear that, Mark. You know, sure. no, will still be missed. One of the greats. I mean, this guy is at the vanguard of Auburn football and SEC football, and uh, uh, it, it is a devastating and, 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 and gut wrenching blow today to everyone. Uh, SEC and ESPN, uh, Paul Feinbaum, considered by many the, the voice of the South. Paul, we were talking about uh, Hugh Freeze's announcement, Auburn's announcement about D.J. Durkin joining, and we brought up the fact that in, in many cases you got people out there who will still 
the reference to when he was at Maryland and some of the things that happened there. And we, we just raised the question, has enough time passed, enough jobs that he has been at and done well at as a coordinator passed that he doesn't need this, the stigma hanging over his head? And we, we thought about, are there coaches out there who no matter what, and obviously Art Bryles' name comes to mind, that have a stigma attached to them that if and when they get hired, they just cannot get away from their past. Uh, how did you feel about Durkin coming to Auburn, and are there any coaches besides Bryles out there that you can reference who no matter what, through the rest of their coaching career, just can't escape the past? Well, I think in, in Durkin's case, uh if, if you're the family members of that Maryland player, uh, no words are going to soothe your your pain. But it, you know, he he was fired, uh, and, and I felt very strongly that he should have been fired. And the AD was fired, and a lot of other people were fired. And it, it was a it was a very very tough situation. Uh, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't only the death; it was the, the culture of that program that haunted him. But I remember talking to Lane Kiffin when he made the decision to hire him a couple of years ago. Uh, he took a chance, and I think it went over fairly well. And at A&M, nobody brought it up. And quite frankly, I think he's already proven uh, you know, his worth as a, as a coordinator uh, in college football. So I, I think it's there's nothing wrong with remembering, uh, but, but there's no comparison between D.J. Durkin and, and Art Bryles. So D.J. Durkin has – has been remorseful. Uh, he has done whatever he, he possibly could do, which isn't much, but it's still better than the approach that Art Bryles has taken, which is contempt. Uh, and and the fact that we'll probably see Art Bryles in the SEC this year because he's, he's, he's got a son-in-law coaching, uh, you know, makes me sick to my stomach. Hey, Paul, we, we can't thank you enough, man. We always appreciate your time. Have a great week. We'll be in touch for sure. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, that's Paul Feinbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, traffic and weather are next. Uh, it's our Senior Bowl coverage. Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage from the Convention Center continues. we got a lot to get to here in the next hour and 40 minutes, and we will do so. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Welcome back in. Short segment here. We went a little long there with Will Reichert and Paul Feinbaum, but welcome back into our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage here at the Convention Center. I want to applaud our team of the day. Every Thursday, it's Bachelor Service. Uh, really appreciate them coming on as our team of the day. And, you know, when you talk about checking all of the boxes, well, you got to give it to uh, uh, Rick True and his staff at Bachelor Service. They just blow out the, the boxes. I mean, they've been in business for well over 55 years, serving the heating and air conditioning needs of Mobile and Baldwin County. So to stay in business that long and to be servicing what they are doing, that speaks volumes. Uh, they do install the Daikin uh, heating and air conditioning equipment. That makes most of uh, the technologically advanced systems at a very, very affordable price point, which obviously makes sense to uh, customers. They do have that $79 tune-up special for heating and air conditioning, so you certainly want to take advantage of that. But some of the other things they offer, and we've talked about this many, many times, 
They have plumbing services available. Think about that. They also have generators available. Uh, think about that. They do uh, service at, at your needs. And again, if you sign up for that $79 special, they'll come to your home and service their hair heating and air conditioning system. Why don't you give them a call uh, if you're looking for a heating and air conditioning uh, company to hook up with at 476 43 21 or visit them at bachelorsservice.com. Uh, my thanks to Rick True and his staff for being our WNSP Thursday team of the day. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to see if we can catch up with Eli Goal at some point. Uh, we have gotten uh, indication that we may or may not uh, get a couple of senior bowlers today. Uh, it's been great, um, but. They might be calling an audible on us here at some point. That's okay. It's all good. Uh, that's we're just kind of roll with the punches. But I thought uh, I thought Paul um, was had a really good kind of take on uh, Terry Beasley and, and what he meant to the Auburn family. And if you're just get, joining us, if you're just waking up because it happened late last night, there was a report. Uh, it's being reported um, a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, Terry Beasley dead at the age of 73. Um, very, very few uh, college football players were beloved and part of a beloved um, combo as Terry Beasley was at Auburn. Uh, his records still stand today. Just an incredible career and, and, and so well admired and loved and uh, just just a heartbreaking story out of Auburn today. But uh, uh, we'll continue to talk about it. We want to hear from you guys uh, throughout the course of our day today. And uh, obviously Alabama and Auburn both get some basketball wins yesterday. And, of course, we're right in the middle of Senior Bowl coverage. Uh, and so we'll continue doing that as well. Alabama with a terrific uh, road win. They were down by 16. They were down, I think, 17-2 to two to start that game and came back with a strong second half. Uh, Mark Sears really went to work with 19 of his 23 points. They maintained their lead in the SEC with a 7-1 record. Auburn snapping a two-game losing streak, getting home. It was thought that they would do well against Vanderbilt, which they did, and now they'll go on the road against uh, Ole Miss this coming Saturday. But the big, one of the big stories, Florida upsetting Kentucky at Rupp in overtime. It's a second straight loss Kentucky has suffered at home. I wonder how many times that's happened. True, they were missing a few key players, but still, it is Kentucky, and they played it rough, and they couldn't get it done against Florida. All right, the opening kickoff continues from the Mobile Convention Center to our Travis Furniture Senior Bowl coverage right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Again, the Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues from the convention center right here on the sports station WNSP. All right, and I do want to thank some of our uh, Senior Bowl presenting sponsors like Rears Markets and Cash Saver. Uh, they're very well known for their uh, 
uh, venues, especially the one, the new one. Well, it's kind of not new anymore, but we talk about it as one of their newest with the patio uh, rooftop and the fun over at Greer's Markets and Cash Saver on St. Louis Street. D&K Suit Discounters, uh, Rich's Car Wash, and Joe Bullard Chevrolet, and that's your transportation sponsor of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Speaking about the Reese's Senior Bowl, I understand the voice of the Crimson Tide uh, football program. Eli Gold may be coming down here this weekend. Eli, is that the rumor correct? Well, it's not a rumor, yeah. I, I like to get down to Mobile as often as I can in any event, because I really, as I said, I, I really enjoy your city. But, uh, yes, we're going to, my wife and I are going to come down tomorrow and uh, see some friends, have a nice dinner, and then uh, go to the Senior Bowl on Saturday and return home to Birmingham on uh, Sunday and then come back next week because I'm going to be involved with uh, some of the parades for uh, Mardi Gras. So it's going to be, uh, it's a fun time here for the next uh, few weeks for me getting to spend time down in Mobile. All right, so uh, what are you going to be doing with the parades? Are you going to be actually the throws? Are you going to be throwing things or yeah, what? Yeah, I'm going to be, well, I guess I'm going to be a grand marshal for the uh, KOR parade on uh, the morning of, uh, of course, of Fat Tuesday. And uh, I'll be riding at the head of the parade in a convertible, uh, throwing stuff and just meeting people and waving. And, uh, you know, I've been, uh, you know, just getting myself limbered up. It's been a few years since I've been down there for the parade because of my illnesses, but now that uh, I'm 100% healthy, 1,000% healthy, I'm just uh, limbering up my throwing arm and I'm getting ready to go. Well, be careful because I remember a couple of years ago uh, you had some uh, surgery on your elbow and uh, on your arm, so don't don't throw it yeah. out again. All right, just be careful. Uh, no, so I let was, me ask you that this. was the, the surgery had to happen. It had nothing to do with the parade, but you're right. It's going to be nice to be able to throw stuff and not have to, you know, take 20 minutes off between throws because yeah, I was in, in uh, I had a, a bad bad wing back in those days. Yeah, you're not trying out for some major league team. So let me ask you this. Going into Hancock-Whitney Stadium, they're giving out like 5,000 uh, bobbleheads. Uh, is there anyone in uh, the bobbleheads in particular you'd like to uh, get and then maybe keep it as a memento? You know, I, I didn't even know that. What are the bobbleheads? Is there a Lee Shervanian uh, or a Mark Heim bobblehead? There's a Sean Alexander well, that's Dan always Marino. good. Do you, you know, that's always good. As a great rushing, uh, great running back and all-time NFL, you know, uh, season rushing leader. But uh, no, I didn't know that they were doing that. So I'm looking forward to uh, uh, picking up one of those. All right, uh, we do want to talk about uh, Alabama Georgia basketball yesterday. So Alabama yeah. falls behind by 16. They were down at one point, like 17 to two. Did you have any doubts that they would come back and win this game? Yeah, I did, to be very honest with you. I, I just didn't, you know, you don't know when you're playing on the road what the, uh, you know, what the outcome is going to be when you're down that significantly. And <laughs> Alabama this year has been kind of up and down, right? You know, they they live and die by the three. You know, they, they didn't play well in Knoxville against uh, the Volunteers. So, yeah, I was concerned. I, I You know, you, you don't know because you do learn enough in this business to, you know, it's, it ain't over, as they say, until it's over. Uh, thank you, Yogi. But, uh, no, I, I didn't know. But it was it was a concern to me. 
See, when I was watching the game, I actually thought Alabama would win the game. I, I thought that um, Georgia got very careless in the second half, and usually teams yeah. that run up a big score in the first half falter in the uh, second half. So I was uh, thinking that maybe uh, Alabama had a really good chance, and they had a really good second half scoring all the points. Well, I said well to my wife points. at one point, and it was kind of a joke, but I said, well, we've got them exactly where we want them now. You know, to, to use the old Bear Bryant uh, line from decades ago, you know, we've got them right where we want them. Uh, so I did say that, but I don't know if I truly believed it myself when I said it. Now, I, you and I had this conversation yesterday. Are you going to be broadcasting any Alabama sports, at least through the spring? Yeah, I'm supposed to do a bunch of baseball on TV with uh, with Lance Cormier, so I'm looking forward to uh, doing that. Uh, that's something I did up until I got sick, and, and then I got sick, so uh, I hadn't done it here the last year or so. But, yes, I'm supposed to come back and do uh, baseball once uh, the season cranks up. Eli, we are looking forward to having you down here. Hopefully we'll see you at the uh, Senior Bowl, but before I let you go, I think you got a message or two from Dex Imaging. I do. Dex Imaging, I dare say they're going to be the machine in use at uh, the stadium this weekend. You know, there's nothing like dealing with the best. Nothing like dealing with the best. Yeah, there's a lot of companies that can sell you and service your equipment. I'm not going to make believe that there isn't. There certainly are a number of companies, but none have the national power, the look, the feel of a company that knows exactly what they're doing. Dex, D-E-X, or online, DexImaging.com. There's a reason they're used by all these major league teams and why they're used by all these collegiate teams and why they're used used by, you know, people who have a business at home like myself. I've got a machine from Dex Imaging. Folks, it doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what kind of a budget you've got to spend, Dex is the answer to your business machine needs. Check them out, DexImaging.com. Eli, always appreciate the time. Safe travels down the mobile. We hope to see you around. Thank you, fellas. See you, see, uh, see you tomorrow. Right. That, that's uh, Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. Uh, again, our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues right here from the convention center. number of people, I, I so thankful to Brad and the fine folks over at Pat's Industrial and Auto Supply for making this happen. Uh, B&B Appliance has been great for us. Ronnie Lee's Automotive, always a huge supporter of WNSP. want to give a shout-out to Gulf Coast Mortgage Solutions uh, for making this possible. And, of course, Roy Hudson at Community Bank, always uh, a longtime friend of our show and the station. Uh, throughout the course of the uh, remainder of our show, we are – um, we still got to get you qualified for the uh, Francia Formal Affairs uh, Tales giveaway. That's coming up. We're going to announce the winner of that tomorrow. So this is your last chance to get in a, a, a prize valued over $600 for a set of tails. Perfect timing for the Mardi Gras season. And also Jake Crane, and he's bringing a friend. That's coming up in hour number three. Uh, but we have some time now if you want to jump in at 694-1055. We're pretty much open the rest of the way with the exception of Jake because we, we want to make sure we give every opportunity in our last day down here to get as many senior bowlers as possible. But if you missed any of them, and we had um, – Will Reichert on earlier today. Uh, we've had probably what you keep in count? Eighteen, nineteen now. Nineteen. We've had nineteen senior bowlers come through um, uh, our, our table here over the last few days. If you missed any of those interviews, 
Go to WNSP now, wherever you find your favorite podcast, and uh, you can find our show and listen to all of those interviews. We've got links up on Twitter or X, pardon me, at 105.5 WNSP as well. Uh, okay, you want to do that? Let's do this. Let's uh, let's take a break now. We'll come back. We'll reset. We'll give you guys a chance to jump in as well. And uh, Lee is already off and running. He's going to tackle our 20th senior bowler. In fact, he keeps tackling guys like that. They may give him a helmet for Saturday's game. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us. This is Will Herring, a member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNSP 105.5. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 744, we're uh, rocking the end of our number two it's our chavis furniture senior bowl coverage right here from uh the mobile convention center it's our final day here we'll be back in studio tomorrow but our senior bowl coverage continues not only uh today in this afternoon with the final drive but into tomorrow of course saturday we will be broadcasting uh nine to eleven uh right before the game and of course we have our senior bowl wrap-up show that you guys need to know about because nick and Corey will be out at Chavez Furniture in Chickasaw, 125 Telegraph Road. That's from 3 to 6. So go on out there, check out all the great stuff they have at Chavez Furniture. And, of course, meet the one and only Nick Wiggins and the one and only Corey Labounty. And uh, they will recap and put a bow on our Senior Bowl coverage. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our uh, pregame Senior Bowl coverage, too. We'll be, on the, we'll be out there on, at Hancock-Whitney Stadium Hopefully have some of those who have been following practice, what I, I say draft nicks, but, but those who follow that and evaluate the talent and so forth can give us a pretty good idea. You know, so far uh, in reports uh, about the two high-profile quarterbacks here, that would be Bo Nix and uh, Michael Penix, the, the reports that I'm reading on the various sites that the, their play has been inconsistent and very uneven. You know, they have their moments and everything, but... Yeah, no, I look, I think I think that's the whole I think we talked about especially in day 1 that that was going to be the issue especially early on but is as long as they're improving uh from day to day they they get the routes down with the, the a new set of receivers and a new terminology. I think it's it's probably and I don't know this for a fact but I think it's probably more difficult for a quarterback more than any other position here at an all-star setting like this. So, um you know, and, and I've always said this about the Senior Bowl, and I'm not saying it simply because we're here in Mobile and we cover it day in and day out, but I've always said the Senior Bowl can, I believe, always help your draft status. Rarely, I think, does it hurt it. And I say rarely because it's really the first step in a pre-draft process, right? So you still have, uh, you still have uh, the combine and you have uh, – you know, the big day on campus and the whole thing. So I do believe that you can increase your draft status. But if for whatever reason there are some critics out there and there's some holes in your game or flaws, I think there's still plenty of time to 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 make amends on those. And that's why I've always wondered why. Like, well, I don't I don't see the downside of coming to the Senior Bowl. I've never understood uh, why. Uh, I get you know if you're a top the injury, two or top it's five. the injury deal at the the scouts and. 
I, I, you know, I think it goes beyond that too, Mark. I think, okay, there's always that concern. That's why they bow out of these bowl games and so forth. But with these agents, they're, they're also concerned if their particular player may drop uh, because of a bad week uh, at practice. That, that's what I think the concern, too, is if we know, and we've already talked about uh, some of the players, like uh, when, when T. Bob Abier was here, he talked about Lat- Latu, who he said he was a little surprised he came to the game because there was the uh, talk that, you know, he's going to be a, a top 10 pick or something like that. So why come into the game and do something that may drop you past top 10, top 15? So you guys can uh, jump in on the conversation if you want, 694-1055. We talked a little bit about Nick Pringle and, and, and his suspension from the Alabama basketball team. Uh, of course, Terry Beasley is a big topic of conversation here on uh, WNSP and what um, and what he's meant to the Auburn program. But uh, uh, all of that is still on the table. And, of course, uh, a number of the guys that we've talked to here on our show have, uh, have had big weeks. I know you talked about Penix and Knicks and reading that maybe there's some con- inconsistencies here. But some of the guys, most of the guys that we've talked to have really excelled uh, out there on the, uh, on the field here in the last few days. Well, you know, maybe, you know, there's another thing, too. When we talk about pro days, and have we even brought that up, like Alabama's already got their pro day. Maybe that's another reason why quarterbacks like to perform better on their field, again, in, in a, let's say, uh, an orchestrated uh, situation where you have the receivers you're maybe familiar with and, and the, the field that you're familiar with and so forth, rather than uh, performing, let's say, at the combine. And, you know, the familiarity, yeah, if I can say that right, familiarity with, uh, you know, the comfort zone about competing, <laughs> that's a better word maybe, uh, competing on your own field. That's why, you know, a lot of quarterbacks do not throw at the combine. And as we've talked about, some of the quarterbacks down here have been pegged by some of the analysts as being very con- inconsistent. And a lot, you know, a lot goes because you don't know the receivers that well, too, you know. And it's, it's a, it, everything is kind of new here. So getting back to agents, though, they feel if they know or if they've been told or if they look at some of these mock drafts and they know a, one of their players is going to go top 10, top 15, you see where they may say, look, it's not worth going. Why, why take a chance? Why take a chance on, you know, doing something that could drop you f- down further? And maybe, you know, and, and, and you know where this also resonates is with, the, with uh, college basketball. A lot of times you see first-year players get drafted way ahead of guys that have been there three or four years. Why is that? Pretty obvious because they haven't had enough time to see deficiencies in first-year players. They may have a really good year, but as time wears on, maybe you find flaws, whereas a guy that's in college basketball for three, four years, they kind of fall by the radar. All right, so uh, yesterday we, we hit some hard-hitting topics like uh, why is it that you sign on a dotted line, right? Why is it a dotted line? Uh, we had some really uh, interesting takes on that. So uh, what, what are the words, like you tried to say the word, right? Familiarity. Yeah. What uh, what word? What word is it that you guys out there you just can't say, or is there a word that you just can't type right? Like you just you just can't spell it right. Uh, like I never I never try to in, in in the stories I write or post I try not to use the word definitely because I can't spell it for anything. Definitely. <laughs> just, there's there's an e in there somewhere that I always just miss. I can't do it. After a while, yeah, you know, it's just muscle memory, but that's a word I just can't. I can't. Is there one you just try to avoid? Mark, there's so many that I, lately that, yeah, 
That's a good lately. one. <laughs> lately. That's a good one, definitely. I was even, believe it or not, yesterday I was having trouble and going back and forth, muscle memory, with the word vehicle. Uh, and it's an easy word, really, when you think to about it. To say it or to spell it? No, to spell it. Oh, okay. Can't you just say car? I could. It'd be shorter. Well, I was actually in a email, meaning the vehicle are Air Sports One. Ah. That's, and I, I, for whatever reason, I just wasn't, it took three or four times. I mean, I know how to spell it normally, but I just couldn't get it done. Um, any, any word, like you mentioned, where you have to add the, instead of definite, definitely, do you add the E or not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the app, I can't spell any word where the E comes before the I. <laughs> Exercise from Travis, um, definitely. Oh, someone, I think you were just, like, making fun because you actually spelled it correctly. So thank you for that because I couldn't think any worse of myself five minutes ago for admitting that on the air. Um, Tagovailoa, uh, I can't even say it, but that, you see, but that's one of those words that I learned to spell just from muscle memory because you, you had to, I had to type it so many times. It's just, it's easier to spell than it is to say sometimes. Restaurants, another word people uh, throw out there. Um you guys can get in on the conversation at six nine four one zero five five. It's a good sub. It's a good subject, and and again, I've had <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah, lately I've had difficulty. And the other subject that I we brought up with T. Bob when he said how interested he was in Roman history about the use of Roman numerals, and then he said, well, in his family, it's they have the two and the three and and whatever. Can you imagine being tagged with a Roman numeral in school, and you have to write your name out and using Roman numerals? Yeah, I remember having a... So we've had this debate. We've talked about this whole Roman numeral thing. Like, why why do we use Roman numerals anymore at all for anything? Um, and I remember having to learn Roman numerals in, like, elementary school or something. One of those topics that you never really used in, in real life for, for practical purposes other than Super Bowls and, and, and the latest Rocky that came out. But I don't... I don't, I don't know if... I don't know. Can we... After you get to 10, I think it's about time just to go back to, you know, the tradi- well, I say traditional. I guess there's nothing more lately, traditional Mark, than Roman numerals. But stories, like Super Bowl, what is it, 58? 58. But lately, the stories about Super Bowl 58, they've been using the 5 and the 8, not the Roman numeral. And then I got confused when they said this is a rematch from, and then they used the Roman numeral, and then finally it, it was like 54. Okay, uh, I was doing great when it just 58, but this is a rematch between the 49ers and Kansas City, reverting four years ago when it was, uh, and then they used the Roman numeral, whatever the Roman numeral is. I know there's a X in there or a V or an L, something like that, right? Yep. <laughs> I, I got a I got a I got a text from uh, a friend listening who, who is the third and uh, says that kids always turn their eyebrows up when they when when they saw it. You know, when you're the you're the third Lee Shervanian, the, the third. third. All right. I got Stetson it. Bennett, the fourth. I got a, a text here regarding uh, writing words, effect versus effect. Yeah, I tend to stay away from that one. I ain't going to lie. Effect with an A is a is a verb, right? That's, Effe- that's affected a, by. A, a, yeah. I, no, no one's no one. No one's tuning in to listen to the English, uh, the English lesson we're giving, or the lack thereof. 
Uh, someone has a problem with February. Someone suggested that Lee remembers when Roman numerals first came out. Oh yes, I was there, uh, and, and the Sanskrit and everything. Yeah, and, yeah I was interp- I was the interpreter back then. Uh, someone in the app says they still can't stay, say statistics on the first try. That's a new one. I've never statistics? heard that one. Statistics. Well, now that it was said to me, but I would probably uh, have that same problem. I was short words. Stats. 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 That's all I say. Just stats. stats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody in the app says they go by the third, but he really kind of he was known as the third, but he went by Trey. A lot of a lot of folks are doing that now. That's cool. I can I can get down with that for sure. Uh, Mr. Bronner, let's bring Mr. Bronner in to talk uh, a little. Where is he? he he's in the studio of WSB. Doing, okay, he's, doing a good he's job too. It. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Oh, what you're sure, doing. sure. <laughs> what, what, what word uh, gives you a an issue? I don't like the affect effect, like you just said. That's but am I right? One. Is a affect uh, the verb, right? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing you don't write anything for the station. That would be yeah. I'm right. Affect is for the verb. Okay. So Affect effect is one I kind of stay away from. Yeah, you and me both. You and me both. <laughs> Definitely uh, is fine though. From a spelling sense, see, I can't spell it. I, just I can't couldn't do spell it. it to you like, you know, speak it right now. But you know, if I'm writing it, I I think I'm gonna get it right. Yeah, it's a. It, I'm sure the troubles that the WNSP employees have for speaking and spelling, that's what we're talking about today. That's on why WNSP. we're in radio. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, Michael, I want to get back on the rail for a second or two. Were you drooling yesterday when your boy Nelson hit those two threes <laughs> at the end of the game? Were you, like, uh, frosting and, like, wow, way to go? Frosting? What? Wow, way to go. Yeah, he's wow. coming al- He's coming along nicely. <laughs> I mean, I, I every, we, time, ever since you picked on him, he's picked up on it, and he's well, doing well now. Maybe he's maybe he's a big listener to the show. I mean, he was struggling pretty tremendously at the start of SEC play. And I think he had 20 last night, a couple big threes down the stretch. He's coming along as a defender, too, which is nice to see. Uh, I mean, that's a huge win for Alabama. You can't understand. That, those are the kind of wins that win you a conference championship, ultimately. You got to win on the road in the SEC, and uh, they went out and did it after trailing by 14 and a half. I don't know how you felt about it, but when I started really getting into it in the second half, I thought, even though they were trailing, I thought they were going to beat Georgia. I just saw Georgia kind of mess up with their floor game, some really bad passes. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Yep, here we are, 8.04. Welcome in. Thanks for hanging with us on this Thursday edition. It's our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage from the Convention Center. Mark and Lee. Uh, hey, stay with us because you still got one final opportunity to get qualified for the Francia Formal Affair uh, Tales giveaway. We're going to give that bad boy away tomorrow when we're back in studio, Lee. It should be a good one. All right, this after this morning, the practices will continue. This will be the final day of practices. Uh, the national t- team will be out there at uh, 9.30. That's the tee with Bo Nix and Michael Penix. And then at noon, team mostly comprised of SEC players, Alabama, Auburn. Uh, that will take the field. They'll take the field at noontime today at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. There'll be no practices tomorrow. Of course, there'll be a lot of meetings and, you know, going through things, uh, getting ready for the game. Tomorrow, the players, some of them, 
Uh, local players will be honored by their high schools. We know, of course, Cedric Johnson. I, I'm assuming uh, there may be some something going on with Spanish Ford. I don't know that for a fact. And then uh, they'll go out and do some community work, whether it be schools or whether it be hospitals yep. or something like that. And that's that's usually reserved for Friday. And then there's the you know pregame planning, getting ready for the game. Now the game is earlier, which may be a good thing, Mark, because of all the these weather. I see rain Saturday, but maybe not till later on. Games being played at noontime, so they should be done by before any rain hits. We hope. Oh yeah, hope that's yeah. the case. Yeah, it's 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 perfect. Like I said, I said earlier in the show, and, and we're supposed to be joined by the magician himself, the sorcerer, the sorcerer, Jim, Jim Nagy. I don't know how to spell that word. Do <laughs> you? Uh, that's a word that I would yeah, not. S o r c e r e r. I don't uh, know. I'm that's just good. Guessing. Better. If I say it like I, it's right, then you won't know. Yeah, that's right. Boom. Drop the mic. I have quite the effect. Or is it affect? Affect. I think it's effect. Effect. When you okay. have it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm affected by what you just said, though. Well, or I'm offended. Still, I, well, well, I was going to say the same thing about you talking about uh, what I talk Bronner about? being frosted. So, well, when I said that, like I, sh- I should have used I thought I used the word drooling instead, you know, because that's, that's, his, that's his guy. That's better. <laughs> that, that's his guy. That's his guy. Maybe he was frosted when they fell behind oh, seventeen to goodness. two. I was not man. drooling or frosted or any of the types. <laughs> We're just exaggerating. I was I impressed. You were depressed or impressed? Impressed. I mean, were you depressed had when they fell behind seventeen to two? Ah, uh, I wouldn't say depressed. I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, you're either. on the road. You trail seventeen to two. There are not many teams that can come back from that. Yeah, they I mean, were down fourteen at half. I think they missed their first nine threes of the game. It's uh. It's good stuff from the Tide last night. Like I said, these are the kinds of games you need to win to win a conference so, title. Hey, man, what do you think about this whole Pringle thing? I thought I thought it was interesting, the comment Nate Oates had. It said it was nothing bad off the court or anything like that. And then he said just in practice and games. So I, th- I thought that was uh, – I'm, I'm curious what, what could have transpired on the court in practice or in games that would have warranted uh, the kid not traveling and that he was – suspended yeah it's the second time this season for yeah. quote-unquote conduct detrimental to the team and then after the game Oates said that he also said you know he's got to decide if he wants to be a part of this program or not which is pretty telling that he's probably on his last chance I would think if I were guessing that it's just something related to complaining about playing time not being a team player whatever spin you want to put on it but it has to be something related to that he's only played like 15 minutes a game this year for a guy who's kind of expected to be a fixture and you know i i don't think he's this tremendously huge important asset to the team but you know they're thin and they're thin in the front court you definitely want a guy like him on the team but if it's gotten to the point where it's literally detrimental because he's complaining about how much he's playing well then you know it is what it is I want to say this also, if, if you don't mind me getting off the subject of Alabama basketball, Michael. Michael's been on the board all week, whether it be the morning show, the afternoon show. You basically have heard all the interviews so far. What would be your top three interviews from the senior bowlers you've heard to date hmm. on this station? I thought Brendan Rice was really good. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed Luke McCaffrey. They had him on the afternoon show as well yesterday. Uh, they had Anaya Smith from A&M yesterday who was good. Uh, Dylan Lauby was was really good. Uh, I I thought Penix was great too. We were able to get Penix on the first day for like a fourteen minute interview. So, a lot of good stuff this week from you guys. 
Well, you'd be you're in the position to really analyze better because you're there listening to all of them. Whereas I didn't catch all of the afternoon uh, interviews yesterday. They were here for the uh, you know the get together with the uh, players and and the media day and so forth. So. And and there's a chance that some of those interviews may be replayed. I was talking to Nick Wiggins yesterday, and we may incorporate one or two of them into the pregame show this coming Saturday where we will be at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. I'm not exactly sure exactly where yet, but a lot of that has to uh, depend on our good friends uh, who are putting together Air Sports 1 for us, Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's been a minute. <laughs> It's like, so if if the vehicle is out there and operating, we're going to be out at uh, the RV when when you enter uh, Hancock Whitney Stadium. We'll be right there in the vehicle if if it's ready to go. If not, we're going to be in one. Uh, we're going to be at the end zone uh, in one of the uh, offices, the athletic offices atop the uh, behind the uh, end zone. All right. So be on the lookout for Shervanian. Uh, That's a great Saturday. place to watch a game, though, with that view they have where, uh, where, if we're there. So if you haven't, I don't. we'll get an update from Jim. I think there are a few tickets left, but there weren't many. I would highly recommend if you haven't had a chance to ever see a game at that stadium, uh, you, you really need to go. I mean, if you hadn't seen a South game, definitely go to a Senior Bowl because the talent is just unbelievable. But I, I say this with as, as much certainty and as much of a guarantee as I can tell you. There is no bad seat in that house. I've been to a couple of different events there. It is a fantastic venue. It really is an unbelievable place to see a game. It's not too big. It's Everything is beautiful and clean and new, and it's an intimate setting. You're right there. It's a great line of sight. So do yourself a favor. Go out and check out the game because it, it's a lot of fun. I want to pick up on that. I, I agree pick with up, you. I've, pick up on I've that, given out Trevenia. a few tickets, and I've told people it doesn't matter where you sit. You're going to be in a good position. It's not like you're up in the third deck and miles and miles away from the field. When you have a capacity of 25,000, it's very intimate. And with the weather being so great this week and probably carrying over into Saturday, I really want to pick up on what Mark said. Go out there. Uh, if you're early, you get a bobblehead. Uh, collector's item and as others have said if you uh, don't like your bobblehead keep it put it on ebay and you'll make some money <laughs> lee's always looking for financial gains all right before we go to a break Bronner. there's a question in the app they want to know where's Bronner? is he back there frosting again do you have a comment or a reaction to that statement in the app Bronner? i don't think so i think i'll let that one lie Again, you're not confirming or denying. <laughs> this is how headlines now, get there's, made. There's many ways to look at the word frosting, of course. Oh, thanks if for you coming were, around to the party if, there, Lee. If you were a party, if you were baking and you're putting some frosting oh on your cupcakes. But and in the case of an individual, you get frosted, you get a little upset. You know, the, the steam is coming out of your ears and everything. And it's coming out of You frosted over what's uh, happening out there. So... Uh, I obviously exaggerated a little bit with, you know, with Michael uh, as far as, you know, how Alabama, because he kind of, I'd say, lives and dies with the Crimson Tide. Am I correct, Michael? I was not frosting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we established that. What's your favorite frosting? Oh, boy. Whoa, now it's a party. What's uh, your favorite? Now, I, I like now a yellow cake with the... chocolate frosting. There you go. Okay. All right. Um 
By the way, there is a, uh, a notable journalist in the area listening right now who I think could add something to this if that said person wanted to call in. I'm not going to name names. There's quite a few journalists in town. Yeah, but this one. Is, is this one the sports writer? I, I can't. No, no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Confirming or denying. I'm not confirming. Or, like Bronner, I will not confirm nor deny. All right, let's do this. Let's do a traffic, weather, uh, and a scoreboard. Yes. I guess. Yes. I oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Lee will get back to his uh, frosting comments. I'll just sit back and laugh. Hey, uh, the Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Again, want to thank uh, Roy Hudson over at Community Bank and Gulf Coast Mortgage Solutions. Thank you guys for everything you do. Hey, Brad over at Pat's Industrial and Auto Supply, thank you so much for everything that you do. Ronnie Lee's Automotive, always a big supporter of WNSP, and of course the fine folks at B&B Appliance. Stay with us. Plenty left on a Thursday edition of the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. All right, there it is, the, the big sounder you've been waiting for. Our final chance to qualify for the Francia Formals. Affairs Tails Giveaway of it valued at more than $600. The tails are 100% worsted wool, tail, coats, pant, white, PK shirt, the whole deal, vest and bow tie. As we discussed, man, this is non-transferable, so only the person that qualifies as eligible to win will pick a winner uh, tomorrow. Be the first person to get Michael on the phone, and uh, you will be the last qualifier. With that said, we talked about a, a, a journalist in the area that was listening to our conversation and was just dying to get in on it. So without further ado... Simone Eli joins us here on WNSP. Simone, what's shaking? Well, let me be very clear. I'm not sure that I was dying to get in on the frosting situation, but I was dying about driving off the road listening to it. I'm not going to lie. Well, you know what we say here at WNSP, if you can't laugh at us, who can you laugh at, right? That's the truth. That's the truth. But no, I'm excited to be on the show, guys. I feel bad because now with my schedule and not even getting off work until late and home, it's Gosh, the turnaround is difficult. But I'm headed to Robertsville for career day and, of course, listening to uh, y'all's great show. And Dude. so I know, Mark, I've been blowing you up, play-by-play commentary in the text messages. So. <laughs> hey, uh, quickly, does Robertsville have a head football coach yet? They don't, actually. Uh, they do not. Are they hiring you? Are you taking over? Some inkling. I've heard who it probably is going to be, though I do not want to uh, put that out there because it's not something that I've totally confirmed yet, but... Yeah, because we know you don't want to put anything up on social media that might get a reaction. Listen, man, you know me. I'm just a polarizing figure out here just, you know, trying to provide, you know, local radio shows with some content. So you're welcome for, you know, just doing my due diligence over here. You're welcome. Yeah, I, we will send you a correspondence fee here shortly. So we'll, we'll play. Pay you. Yeah, Chick-fil-A cards are on the way. Uh, so what's right. been the reaction to your – you you had a situation where you're covering Mr. Football Banquet. Uh, there was yeah. one coach in the area that did not necessarily want to talk to you or your sure. – uh, your channel. What's up with your station? So what's up? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that's any secret, like, uh, who the coach is. And I have no problem, you know, having that conversation for sure. I mean, listen, Mark Hudspeth of Gulf Shores is, um, obviously, they just won a state title. They won a blue map, 15-0, best season in school history. And so, listen, man, they won, uh, literally and figuratively. And so, like, 
they, they have they have their map and uh, had a, had a player honored who we were there to cover and excited to uh, to talk to and we had a chance to talk to and, and it was a great interview and you know we, we talked to every uh, coach that we could before everyone kind of scattered out of the place about their players who were there to be honored. Talked to Jeff Kelly. He had great sound about, you know, his receiver. Uh, obviously, we talked to Ronnie Cottrell about uh, their guy. And, you know, it's just it's one of those things where you like to get the perspective of several people on a player, and we just don't want them talking about themselves, you know, that sort of thing. And just wanted to give him the opportunity to simply ask about his player. That's exactly what we said uh, we're going to do. And um, that was respectfully declined. And so uh, – it's unfortunate because simply just wanted to give him a platform to be able to brag about his guy. Um, you know, that's certainly not the time and place to try to put him in some sort of position to ask him about the ongoing uh, Alabama High School Athletic Association investigation that apparently has uh, not been concluded, I'm told. But, I would, I mean, never in a million years would even try to go there. Uh, not sure if that was his angle or if it was just simply like, hey, I don't like you. Um, that told that the reasoning wasn't exactly given, um, but – Listen, man, it's unfortunate because we are here to give student-athletes spotlight, one that they certainly deserve, give them the pub that they deserve. And, you know, that, that's, that's – listen, yeah, we will gladly fill the time, like I said on Twitter, with coaches who want to brag on their guys <laughs> and with players who want to give us the opportunity to talk about their career. So – What's been the reaction overall? I know anybody that's a supporter of Gulf Shores and your your coverage of this story has certainly been very anti uh, your station and and in your coverage of this. But as a whole, as a Mobile Baldwin County communities, what's been the reaction? Yeah, I would not say just in Mobile Baldwin County. I would say statewide, it's been overwhelmingly positive and supportive. If you were in my my DMs or on my on the phone or talk, uh, you know at the coaches convention center uh, uh, in Montgomery just last week talking to my husband, um, you would hear. Shoot, I can't I can't even walk onto the senior bowl practice field without getting brought up by the first five people that I saw. And and the thing is, is that it's overwhelmingly positive, and it has nothing to do with Gulf Shores. Okay, Gulf Shores is a situation that obviously is as at the as the uh, focus of this story and this investigation but this is a much broader situation going on in high school athletics specifically football in this state within the Alabama High School Athletic Association and that is that, that violations for uh, recruiting for illegal transfers for improper benefits is is happening all throughout this entire state and it's going uh, un, unpunished and the HSAA Alvin Briggs uh, the central board, you name it, the people who are there to hold schools and coaches and programs accountable are simply not doing what they were put in that position to do. And there's an issue, and it's getting out of hand. It's not just in Mobile and Baldwin County. It's getting bad as it's been for several years in Birmingham. It's, it's when, and if NIL is coming here the way that folks talk about like it's coming here, listen, it's going to be as much of a mess, maybe more, as we're seeing in the college ranks. But, I mean, I'm not going to sit here. People want to say I have some sort of motivation um, about doing a story and things. At the end of the day, I'm a journalist. Okay? I'm, I'm going to tell facts. Everything that was ever in any of my storytelling was fact-based. Go back and look at it. And so, source-based. I mean, we have sources within every single asset of this entire story. Am I motivated in a sense? Yes, because I was a former athlete myself. I'm married to a coach. Yeah, those things are not hiding any of that. Of course, that's why it plays a part into why I feel the way that I do. But... Listen, I can be an unbiased journalist and report facts. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done the story. 
All right, let me ask you this because we got we got to go. But uh, and Simone Eli is our guest here. Uh, in your opinion, is the the, yep. the evidence is there for some sort of uh, for, for for some sort of punishment or penalty, right? So what sure. what's taking so long? What's what? Why has there not been anything done? Well, I think they just wanted to get to the end of the year um, because then it just wasn't a, they wouldn't have to hold anybody accountable. They didn't have to kick anybody out of the playoffs. They didn't have to try got to it. redo the bracket. They didn't have to try to move things around. And at the end of the day, even if sanctions come down. At some point with this ongoing investigation, they decide to do something. You can't take the blue map out of Gulf Shores. At this point, it'd be unfair to do so. They yeah. want it. They want it. You can't go give it to someone else. It's not how that works. I mean, there's no sense in doing that. So what's done is done. And I'm all about let bygones be bygones. We're simply trying to show some love to a guy who I thought deserved it. So. All right. She's Simone Eli. Thanks so much for jumping aboard. Okay, someone in the app. Should it be frothing and maybe not frosting, Simone? She got cut off. Yeah. We'll never know the answer. Well, I do know the answer to our presenting sponsors, uh, Rich's Car Wash. Thank you so much for coming aboard for our Senior Bowl coverage. Joe Bullard Chevrolet, the transportation sponsor of the Reese's Senior Bowl, D&K Suit Discounters, and Greer's Markets. Next up, the two guys who took Bo Nix away from us. The Bobsy Twins are up next right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues next. Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues from the Convention Center, Mark and Lee, the opening kickoff. Quickly want to thank uh, Insurance Office of America. Thank you for everything you guys do. McDonald's, Barnes family, we always appreciate you coming aboard. Dixie Supply has been a huge sponsor of our station. Mobile Mitsubishi has been a great partner uh, here at uh, WNSP and the zoo here for a while now. And, of course, at Aid Alabama, thank you guys for everything you guys do. So yesterday we were told that Bo Nix would join us <laughs> at 7.50. In fact, we are basically promised you we could promo the whole yeah, thing. Almost oh. the whole day. Instead, today we were told he's only going one one place for an interview. Crane and Crane Associates. I want to know <laughs> to the cranes. The two cranes are here. Uh, was, NI, was NIL money involved in this? And how much money really was it to get mm. Bo away from us? Uh, mm. Look, here's Jake? what I'll say. Look. I, I just quarterback this thing, okay? okay. Yeah. I, I, I get the play call from the sideline. Yeah. I go in. I tell everybody else. We snap the ball and start throwing it around. Um, as far as NIL goes, Dude, it's Jameis Winston it's, over here. It's funny. It's well, Yeah, it's Ethan. They dub. wanted me to call a different <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said me it out. No. Um, oh, it's funny. When we started off, I was doing the J-Boy show. We actually did have an NIL deal right. with Bo Nix um, and had him on every every week. So we had that past relationship. But, yeah, I'm going uh, I'm gonna talk to uh, our, our producer and, and let her know, listen, you can poke some bears. You start poking that WNSP yeah, bear, yeah. all of a sudden it comes out of the woods and starts swatting at you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure she'll even blink at that. Blake, did you have to dig <laughs> deep into your pocket uh, to get – I mean, look, uh, I don't know if my pockets are deep enough. Um, but, you know, I think, man, Bo, Bo's is such a good kid. And just talking to him, he's such a level-headed guy. And it's always refreshing. To see. The kid's been through a lot, man. 
Um, he's been no through question. a lot, um, and just to see him come out of it the way he did, his dad's great, and talking to his family. The I other understand day. his dad won't do interviews. Is that no. true? Yeah. Uh, well, it's, what's the deal there? Well, you know, I think he doesn't want to take anything away mm-hmm. from from Bo, um, and and you know, obviously Pat's in in the coaching realm as well. He won I a think championship, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he does a really good job. Um, you know, I think he kind of wants to take a step back and and let Bo enjoy this moment. And I tell you what was funny talking to him. And, and we obviously did the interview this morning live on the show, and it's it's still on there. Shameless plug there. Uh, I thought asking him who he claims Auburn or Oregon he had a yeah. very very good answer. What was on it? it? What was the answer? Well, it's it basically to paraphrase. It was he was like, listen, I mean, I was I was graduated from Auburn, right? I always have Auburn in my heart, but but I have Oregon too. So you know, Oregon was the last place I was at. He's like, you know, I, I was born in Charleston, but I don't tell everybody, you know, I'm. I'm only Charleston. I, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, so I thought it was a good answer because you get in that argument of, oh, well, you know, is Jalen Hurts That's Alabama or is up, he yeah. Oklahoma or whatever. Here's what I said. Graduating from a school, I think, is is one thing. If you graduate from a school and then go to another one, I can understand claiming both. You can make a logical, rational argument, but I fall on the side of you either say it's where you ended or it's where you started. So Jamison Williams, for example, you can't sit here on one hand and claim Jalen Hurts, oh, is an Alabama quarterback, but Jamison Williams is just an Alabama receiver when he transferred from Ohio State. Maybe you can make the graduation argument. Like I said, I can understand that a little bit. But I tell you, in the world of college football now, man, it's it's an interesting situation what school you're going to say when you make the NFL and it pops up on the graphic and I'm Bo Nix from, you know, maybe you just go – Go just high another school. direction. Go just to say high school. school. Yeah. Yeah. Just right. say high school. Like the, it's like the NFL players. Yeah, they're doing high school now. I want. Did either of you ask? Because I wanted to ask him if Harson was not hired there. Let's say Malzone stayed, or somebody came in like Hugh Freeze. Would he have stayed at Auburn? Mm. You know, I, I. I'm a firm believer, Lee, and and we didn't ask him that. It's it's a good question. You know, we kind of had some limited time with him. Um, we we kind of went into a couple other directions, in, including one that that Blaine's going to ask you about. I'm sure here Uh-oh. soon. Yeah. But but I, you know, I do think personally, if Hugh Freeze would have came in, I think Bo would have stayed. I, I really believe that. Um, but I do also think that Bo leaving. Uh, was was probably the best for both parties because remember how toxic it was at the end. I mean, it was about as TMZ as it gets. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he was a guy that did a lot for Auburn, and and I, you know, I don't think Auburn fans should hold any ill will toward him. But I do think Brian Harson coming in uh, was the final nail in the coffin. I'm, I, 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 like, I'm trying to have a good morning, and I don't want to ruin it by mentioning anything Brian Harson. Right? Yeah. It just ruins every t- every time I bring up his name. It just ruins whatever. Well, I it's do. like the well, Spider-Man. Well, only half our listenership. The other half is thrilled. Oh, oh yeah. 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 They're, well, they're stoked. Well, it's like on Spider-Man where he's like, everywhere I go, I see his face. Exactly. you get that reference, by the way? No. <laughs> That's all right, Lee. All right, so you have a question for yeah, us. So so we're going to flip the script here. Bring it. He's, um, this has been this has been a very emotional point. We've asked all the players, including Bo Nix, this. Go ahead. Yeah, asked Jim Nagy. Uh, asked everybody. Um, you know, we're tight here. You know, we've been yeah. through a lot at this table. Um, so I think y'all can be honest with me. Y'all yeah. can be honest with me on this. Be real right. with him, son. Y'all think Sam Hartman's better looking than me? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah, be honest. Hey, be, right. be real with him. You want uh, objectivity here. Yes. I want you to be honest but lie to me at the same time. Okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you. i got three answers for you. Okay. Mm. Yes, yes, and hell yes. 
Yeah, we were saying, well, Bo Nix said that's the running joke amongst all the players here. It's yeah. just like Sam Hartman. Look, he's man. like, I've heard beautiful. I've heard, you know, elegant. He just does every interview. He's glowing. Yeah. Over there yeah. in the just corner. Just doves falling. Well, I mean, doves falling I don't, don't want to seem cruel at this point, but you're a poor man, Sam Hartman. Right? Yeah. Which, you know, you know I'll take that. Look, at it this could point. be worse. I could look like you. Look, and, that, you and, that's, be on the, and that's just based <laughs> on. Yeah. Have you had anybody that agreed that you were better looking than Sam? One guy. Yeah. And we coached him. Yeah. Kyrie Jackson. Kyrie Jackson, yeah. uh, DB at uh, at Oregon. We coached him at Fort Scott. And like Kyrie's gay, he lied straight to my face. Yeah, he yeah, lied he straight to your face. face. But it was funny watching the players' reaction when we asked that question because you can tell it's something that that they've probably given Sam a hard time about. Which, if you're going to make fun of me, I'm too good looking. Yeah, God, are, those are high class high problems. Class. So we had a similar situation kind of come up here today on our show. Uh, Michael Bronner, our producer back at the station, big Alabama fan. We were talking about Alabama basketball. They got down early. Lee had mentioned if. If Al, if if Bronner was frosting over Alabama's well, frosting, back, yes. back up. I, what are the first, kids doing these days? First you see my I dilemma here. Him, first thing I asked him because he's a big Grant Nelson fan. Okay. Was he drooling over the shots or was he frosting over the shots <laughs> that he made yesterday? What, to what degree did Michael Bronner? God, it's now now Bronner's been adamant on the air that he did he is not doing either. He hasn't done neither. This I, would, I would guess probably more fro- uh, frosting. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would, I would lean more towards with frosting. Alabama. He won't admit it now, but he does. He he gets upset. Well, that's good. And then Lee started talking about what type of frosting and, yeah. and things. Just yeah, got a see, weird. now yeah. now you're getting into territories where yeah. it may be a little TMI. Yeah, we're yeah. getting into rap music. And, and, yeah, for, yeah. and for you guys to be saying that to us says everything I need to <laughs> That's know. Because, exactly yeah. you yeah. know, we'll swim in some deep water. <laughs> oh, we start talking about sure. Ben frosting over uh, a basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. All right, to Crane and Crane Associates who and your podcast can be heard when? Yeah, it's live each weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central. Uh, it's on YouTube, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, everything, everything, everything yeah. I don't have. Yeah, no, yeah, it's everything. everything we, I don't have. By the way, how's the law practice going over there at Crane? Yeah, it's, oh, it's great. It's great. Uh, I haven't won much. Yeah. Well, um, we're, we just joined the NCAA yeah. lawsuit. Yeah. We're settling in Virginia. A lot. We're settling so. a lot. You, you don't, you don't get paid wins. unless we win. So yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. We actually get a couple billboards. Hey, hold on. There's an ambulance. We gotta go. <laughs> Guys, your biggest senior bowl moment so far. Mm. Man, I, I tell you Today. what. Um, this week, I, I would probably say, uh, you know, talking with with Coach DeBoer and, and Kane Womack last night or yesterday at, at the Senior Bowl practice, getting to talk with them and, and get a feel for Coach DeBoer. Uh, I don't know him. We, you know, Nick Sheridan, who's now at Alabama, was David Cohn, our the third leg of our, our uh, host parlay here. He was his roommate at Michigan. They both both played together. So being able to talk and seeing Kane, how excited Kane was about being able to link back up with Coach DeBoer at a place like Alabama. Uh, but look. Uh, Honestly, for me, it's seeing Kyrie, yeah. um, a guy yeah. that we coached in, in junior college who came from absolutely nothing, had, had a very troubled past, a guy that, that worked a lot on his discipline. I mean, we asked him yesterday, you know, what was the, the meanest thing that a coach has ever said to you outside of Blaine? And he <laughs> talked about that uh, he was told by, by another coach that um, don't hang out with Kyrie Jackson because you'll end up not amounting to anything like he will. And wow. that stuck with him, and now he's sitting here at the senior bowl, just uh, very proud of that young man and, and seeing him um, kind of be able to live yeah. out his dreams with the relationship. There's, some, there's yeah. something about that, man, just being a coach, being a teacher, and seeing a kid who came from nothing. Nothing. Who came from absolutely nothing, was, you know, was a little bit in trouble before Scott. Seeing him come out of that, it's just, you know, it, it, it really hits your heart. But uh, to me, man, I got yesterday I got to kick it around with Freddie Roach. Yeah. Um, and coach uh, Mario Cristobal a little bit. 
And, man, that's just that's probably been the highlight of my week. How is Speaking about Cristobal, how has Miami avoided the NCAA investigation into Good NIL? Because they were the first ones that – yeah, supposedly. Well, well, hold yeah. on. This, they were the first ones before there was any. Yes, you remember Nevin Shapiro the, yeah. on the exactly, yacht? Exactly, yeah. Um, it, look, here's what's going to happen. So the reason this is such, and, and not to get too long-winded, the reason this is, is so crazy what the NCAA is doing, because you're going to start hearing Georgia. You're going to start hearing Ohio State. They are going to go after the big dogs in these collectives. See, the problem is with the collective, not with an employee. This isn't Jeremy Pruitt handing out McDonald's bags with cash in them. All right, this is them going after the collective. And everybody is connected to the collective. That's why it's called a collective, and everybody's doing it. The NCAA is going about this the wrong way. We said on the show it should be a step for Breeze Brothers, fresh start. You know, if if there were bad rules, no rules, very vague and contradictory, let's start from scratch here, see if we can build some guidelines, and maybe you avoid this madness. But they don't do that. They they, want to pull out their sword and turn it into Pacific Rim. That's what they want to do. And and I think that's the problem that most of us have. Like like we were talking about – Tennessee NCAA in a headline here in Alabama. That's gold. Yeah, yeah. it's it's hard to it's it's hard to go after Tennessee. NCAA is like, go do your thing, which, by the way, we knew was going to be a problem as soon as NIL was even invented. We knew exactly what was going to happen. That's and they exactly it right. Happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's exactly what we thought it was going to be. And now, after all these months or years, I don't even know the time, and now you're going to come back and say, yeah, you yeah. know all that stuff we just let you do? <laughs> yeah. No, now we're Here's dropping the best, anal- best analogy, I, I think, is that they are like the parents who shelter their kids for 18 years, and then all of a sudden when they go to college and just freak out and go nuts at the first party they go at, you're, you're surprised. That's just not it, it's 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 so weird to see the way they're doing this but if you're an yeah. alabama fan don't get too excited because they're going after the collectives right like and this yeah. is the the, the point zero zero one percent time where tennessee getting hammered even if you hate them by the ncaa for this is not a good thing for your institution it's always funny until it happens to your that's team. exactly sure. right. right and the scariest thing for the ncaa is once fans start coming together once georgia and tennessee and ohio state fans all start coming together to go against you now you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were in trouble before because of the Pruitt. So what if yeah. they? What could they possibly find and then add it to? What well, well Lee, been. they're punishing. They made no rules when they started this thing, and now they're trying to retroactively punish people for breaking rules that in reality right. didn't exist. Yeah. Right. Like which in in and listen, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I do know you cannot do that by the U.S. Constitution. They are going to get hammered. It's in like court. it's like getting caught for speeding on the autobahn. Like what? what yeah. Is, what like, are what's you doing? Doing? It's yeah. like hey, oh, okay, yeah, we, exactly. Just right now, we started a speed limit. <laughs> yeah. Just right now. Yeah, and you remember what second. you did last Tuesday? <laughs> That's exactly yeah, right. Gotcha. Ticket. My That's bad. exactly My right. How come they're only basing in the South? So far, it's been Tennessee, Florida, Florida State. What's wrong with the schools uh, in other areas? Well, look, it just means more for a reason. They're going to go after the, the, the <laughs> you know, it's this, this isn't one of those situations where they go after the street dealer to get the kingpin. They're going straight. They're kicking in the door, Reacher style, just going straight after the top dog. They're not worried about Toledo. No, yeah. They, yeah, they're not, oh, oh, man, Boston College, you guys really screwed up. Yeah. No. Crane and Crane joining us, uh, famous <laughs> podcast team coming in from Nashville. So what did uh, Kalen DeBoer have to say? Man, you know, my main thing wasn't exactly just what he said. I wanted to get a feel for yeah. kind of who he was and how he handled himself because you can tell a lot by a- anybody in leadership, you know, by the way they carry themselves. <laughs> His answers were really good. You did get some coach speak, yeah. but you get coach coach speak from all the coaches if you're smart that's what you do because you you always got to ask yourself is, is what i am saying going to benefit my team guys here's right. the most popular person here 
Oh my oh. goodness. Oh, he's got Reese's? Yeah. No, yeah. no, no yeah. he's got he's got bags, bags oh, of Reese's. My I was wondering oh my where goodness. you've been God, wondering. Are you Willy Wonka? Son? How much for the cart? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much. How about I this? I tell you what. Been seeing you at all. How you been? W WNSP, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> hey, we got Bo Nix. Y'all got this. Yeah. Who's the big winner? The heck with that? That's exactly right. Who has two thumbs and one out the end? one interview with him for 10 minutes. We get this for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You got Willy Wonka's kid. He keeps coming, man. Billy Wonka. You see what happens when you sit in with us? It's amazing. What's your favorite candy, Lee? Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate? Anything dark chocolate. Darker the better. Look, there you go. Live your best life. Speaking about frosting. Yeah. You beat me to it. You beat me to it. Hey, let me I do want to ask you guys, what's it like being on this side of the whole media thing, right? You guys were coaches. What's it like being on this side? I know it gives you a different insight, but can you appreciate maybe more of what guys on this side have to deal with and – are you a little like what? What's your take on that? Yeah, well, like to be honest with you, you know, I don't think people realize we've only been doing this for like three and a half years. Right. So I'm still, I'm, uh, you know, I'm still waiting to wake up from a coma. That's I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm in a coma right now, and I'm gonna wake up eventually. Uh, but while while I'm in a coma, now, uh, in, in all seriousness, um, yeah, it, it it gives you a different perspective. Yes, you, ha yes, you have insight, but you see how hard a lot of these these people work in, and. You know, it used to be funny watching coaches kind of, you know, talk down to reporters or kind of brush them off or whatever. But it just shows you, you know, the importance of, of being able – of having, you know, sports media and being able to question some of these things and having this knowledge. It almost feels like I, you know, moved from Alabama to France – or it moved from from uh, France to Alabama, and I already spoke English. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it just—I uh, feel like I d we do have insight, and that kind of you know is what we think separates us from from some spots. But uh, as far as the importance of it, watching just the the level of, of hard work that everybody yeah. you know puts in, and how much of a team effort it truly is. But yeah, it's it's interesting, right? It's um. It's seeing both sides of the coin, and, and I like it because, you know, I was, we obviously grew up in a football household and a sports household, and it was always either playing and then you start coaching. It was never really on this other side of it, so it's kind of like just a, a big new adventure. Who was the better player, Blaine or you? Blaine was a better player. Well, uh, it's just like it, he was better. Yeah, Jake was a better baseball player. Um, um, it was just different, man. I was a receiver. You're a, if you you might not believe it now. But yeah. Jake's like a buck one thirty. No, I'm but, not. but no, I'm not. Jake played. No, you are. Jake played right guard. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. Come on, two hundred twenty-two right pounds. Yeah. At, oh, like at all region. I was I was the smallest. I was the smallest offensive lineman we had by about 60, 60 pounds. Our, our, the most light one outside of me was – I was really more like a fullback I would pull and get out mm -hmm. front. But I swear, it was like every game I would have the biggest guy. They'd be like, hey, we're playing McGill Tulin. You got blocked DJ Fluker. <laughs> I was like, are you – like, this is a true story. Like, this is a true story. I used, You talk about cutting. D, I cut DJ Fluker one time, and he fell – on top of me, and I don't know if you've ever you've ever seen the cartoon with Wiley e. Coyote and yeah. the Roadrunner where they drop the anvil on him and his eyes pop out, his tongue rolls out 500 feet. Like literally, I'll, I've had the breath knocked out of me. I've never had the life 
take yeah. it out of me for <laughs> for a thirty second increment. So they could, they have to give you smelling salts or something. That was just insane. Yeah, like that was the thing. Like I was that, like the old man. You know, like the crazy yeah. white guy on the team. Yeah. That was me. They're like, I don't know how he's doing this, but it'd be like every week they'd be like, who was the kid who went from Carver that went to Bama? Was it Brandon Payne who played three tech? It was like every single. Like, they lock our left tackles like six six three twenty. You know, got more offers than than Paul McCartney in music. But like, I'm over there guard, having to block the five star playing against. I'm going in middle to Bama. school watching this, and it it hurt me to watch. Yeah. You talk about CT, how I can remember anything. Well, the, like, the fact that I can remember to get to the elevator yeah. out of this place yeah. Yeah. is I'm afraid I'm be Antonio Brown in like three well, months. The, you know, the, the the big story out of this is that even after watching and witnessing that, like you you're you were still willing to try football after oh, watching that. Well, yeah, you're like, no, I'm out. I'm I didn't out. have an yeah. Okay. There wasn't. I was playing football regardless. Like the first year I played football, like I can't was nine, ten. Hated it. <laughs> Nobody listened. Hated listen, it. Hated listen. it. I went up to my dad. And I was like, Dad, I just don't think I want to play football. He's like, Well, son, do you want to wake up tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, You know what? You want I dinner do. in this house? Yeah. yeah. Well, I it's do. it's anybody, and I, and I say this as a former coach, remember, who says they enjoy football practice, like enjoy right, like, going to the football. Is is either lying right. or criminally insane? Yeah. Notice I didn't say clinically. Right. Criminally, criminally insane. Yeah, I got it, guys. Can't thank you enough, man. I had a lot of fun hanging with you guys as always. We always appreciate you coming aboard. Absolutely. And, uh, Definitely. Mr. Harbin, good luck this week and uh, yeah. uh, and Saturday, man. I'm so sick of that guy. Let me do push-ups and so something has to be wrong with him. No, there has to be something. No, I don't, there I don't has think to so. be something. There's I don't no think way. so. But now we love coming on with you yeah, guys, yeah. and uh, I'm going to talk to uh, our producer about Bo Nix. Tell her, like I said, don't yeah. poke the bear. We appreciate you it. You know what I'm going to do? You know when you go up to the uh, SEC media days, and the guy from Atlanta gives you Chick Fil A gift card. Oh, You're just like a Lee? diplomat from yeah, another country that? trying to oh just goodness. cook me up. Lee's the most interesting God, man I'm, in the world. Now I'm frosted. Well, it doesn't say much for the world. But enjoy your Chick Fil A and whatever. Thank you guys. Going to happen. Hey, one final segment here: the Chavis Furniture Super Bowl coverage. We wrap things up on a Thursday edition. Hi, this is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. short segment. Can't thank uh, the Crane Brothers enough for stopping by. Always enjoy having them on the air with us. Our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues later today. The final drive will uh, will be uh, covering our the Senior Bowl once again. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow in the studios. Number of people make this week plus possible. And of course, I want to thank uh, Larry and the fine folks over at LNS Air, the Orthopedic Group has been instrumental. Obviously, Ward International, we always appreciate you coming aboard. Hal Hayes with Ultra Wash of Mobile has been uh, amazing for us. And, of course, AFS Foundations, we thank you for your uh, support of our coverage of the Senior Bowl. Do want to remind you, on Saturday, 9 to 11, we'll have a pregame show from uh, the Senior Bowl for you ahead of the game. And on Monday... The final drive will be out at Chavez Furniture in Chickasaw, 125 Telegraph Road from 3 to 6. Go out there, check out all the great stuff that they have to offer, and say hi to Nick and Corey. You know, it's just too bad that Michael's on that diet. I mean, we could be bringing him back some of this chocolate that was left to us by our good friend at Reese's. But, you know, Mike's on that diet. Michael's on that diet. So we don't want to interfere with that. Oh, I gave up on that weeks ago.
Oh, when? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite? Chocolate? Yeah, I mean, from the Reese's family. What what, what would you like? And any of them, really. Any, anything down here is okay? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, all right, so tomorrow, what do you, what do you got? I think we're going to do a kind of a wrap tomorrow. Uh, we'll try to get, uh, well, one or two of the people who are out there uh, looking at what's going on with the players because they'll finish up today. Uh, we'll also look ahead to the game on Saturday. Uh, we'll also talk some high school basketball uh, with Ben Thomas. And I'm hoping that Jim Nagy will join us, too, to kind of close in at some of the events that are going on Friday night and also all day Saturday. All right. Well, we appreciate all you guys in your um, your participation there in the app. Uh, it's always uh, much appreciated. Uh, so we will. Uh, we want to thank all the fine folks here at the Senior Bowl. I mean, we're not done, obviously, but for uh, an amazing week here on uh, on WNSP here at the Convention Center. I think the final tally was did we get to 20? We got to 20 well, with Riker, right? I'm going to include Carter Bradley from last week. Is that all right? Yeah, we didn't have Carter come by. Yeah, and I'm going to include him from last week. I did. I tried to get him on. But we got to 20, right, because we were at 19 when we, we started We were at 18 this morning. We got one today. I'm adding oh, okay. Carter. I wanted to hit 20. Well, so you're just going to – you're I'm like the NCAA. Him. You're just going to kind of make it up as you go? Exactly. All right. Hey, for Michael Bronner back at the studios uh, in Lee Shervani, and I'm Mark Heim. That does it for the – Opening kickoff here on this Thursday edition. Fear not, we're back at it from the studios tomorrow at 6. Until then, see ya.